0: Hello, I stand before.
1: I'll see you again in twenty five years. years. Meanwhile. Drop
2: it. Duncan and both come correct.
1: We're going to have a very serious and measured discussion of the final two episodes of a landmark television series, and we're not going to fuck around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. (whistles) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Serious, lively, informed discussion, Duncan. That is the... (laughs) our our words
0: never used to describe duncan and bobo to twin peaks
1: (laughs) you've become our own personal stettler and or waldorf um (laughs) and i appreciate it so duncan here we are uh as we carry on with our journey into the investigation of the death of uh laura palmer and and outline members of the Twin Peaks community. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it, man. This is the end of the original run of shows.
0: I know. Crazy we to think. Did. Crazy to think that we've made it this far and we haven't quit. Um, we haven't fallen out completely because um, there's been a couple of tussles behind the scenes. People don't know, but was a bit of a tyrant. Um, but we've made it through to the end and I'll be honest with you Bob I think I think I can say with a degree of certainty I've enjoyed the second season far more than I thought I would have before we started after after seeing the second season twice before recording this um well, this run of shows anyway for the podcast. I pretty much I, I knew there were certain ones towards the end that I liked and certain ones up to the the reveal of Laura Palmer's killer that I, I knew I enjoyed. But for the most part, I, I felt the second season was you know a bit of a drag. Um, watching it through this time, I, I still think it's a bit of a drag, but it's a goddamn entertaining, fun, enjoyable fucking nonsense drag. Um, and if you're if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be a bit crazy. Twin peak second season crazy that's all i'm saying
1: yeah i i would agree i think the first time i watched uh the the second season in totem as the uh, romans say <laughs> um i i came away from it much in in a lot of ways very similar to now in that i think that there are there are droopy bits duncan mm-hmm. droopy bits in the middle of uh season two uh, but I yep. think it ends with with a bang, and I think the first half of season two is is perfectly great. Um, and you know, there's some shaky stuff, but yeah, I I agree. I I enjoyed watching it. We've talked about this. Uh, that part of that enjoyment comes from the fact that we're doing all these stupid voices and stuff. <laughs> I and, don't know what you mean, Bo. <laughs> and and any time that James showed up or Nadine, <laughs> normally those storylines just put me to sleep. And this uh-huh. time I was really engaged with them because I knew we were going to make fun of them. Yeah. Um So even the bad stuff kind of had its place for me uh, this this time around, but uh, not just because we were kind of uh, goofing on the show a bit um, coming to these two episodes. Like the, the last episode we talked about like, yeah, twin peaks is good. Again, these episodes are, are genuinely good. And these approach the level of greatness like we haven't seen since you know uh agent cooper is talking to bob slash leland in the sheriff station um there there's some stuff in this episode that is um that is amazing and and then we're gonna get into the next season obviously and um I've watched, did I tell you this already? I've watched about seven minutes of the first episode of season one.
0: You you had told me that, and I will just update people. I stopped watching it as of episode eight. So the halfway mark with what I said on a previous show could be one of the single greatest episodes of television, full stop. I stopped at that part. So it's returned. There's been two episodes out since the recording of this. I've no intentions of going forward with that instead what i'm going to do is jump back to the beginning and follow through with the show so essentially bo and um, when we hit episode nine together we will be both watching them for the first time at the same time
1: excellent um so the
0: second s- half of that season is going to be done in tandem
1: Ooh, as sexy. the romans say um so listeners of the show uh first of all thanks for being here thanks for joining in thanks for let me tell you about the artwork from this past week <laughs> it was a different level this week it, it really was i yes i totally agree a lot of the the photoshopping um has been incredible uh in particular there was uh, an afternoon in which uh everyone was posting little shop of horror pictures with our favorite twin peaks characters uh mm-hmm. shopped in and uh, also included Twin Peaks specific lyrics to the tunes of famous Little Shop of Horror songs.
0: Yes, I saw this.
1: And it was one Very of the good. greatest things that has ever happened.
0: <laughs> I I, I, just, I just enjoyed, like, I enjoyed seeing Wilford Brimley as a rapper. Um, that was great. I enjoyed, see, I enjoyed seeing Pinhead as that, did from the, the cooking program that guy that goes around just eating shit?
2: Guy Fieri. Um,
0: yeah, that's uh, I enjoyed seeing that. Um, I enjoyed seeing uh, you know many I enjoyed seeing uh, Coop and um, <laughs> uh, George Justice Wheeler and uh, Audrey Horn all in a collective photo which looked weird. Uh, I enjoyed seeing them all. There, there was there was so much to enjoy, um, and uh, there is part of me, Bo. That is a bit gutted. Um, don't know if that means the same thing in America. Uh, over here, if you say you're gutted about something, it means like the wind has been taken out your sails.
1: Yes, same here. Same here.
0: Oh, good. That's good to know. Um, I- I'm a bit gutted that we have built this rich tapestry of characters and nonsense, you've know, built up this 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 fever pitch of of just insane shit, um, and for all intents and purposes we get a bit of it in Firewalk with me but not a lot for all intents and purposes this is kind of where it stops yeah. um you know like david lynch is a completely different animal and moving into the new season he has struck a completely different tone and i'm not saying that we're not going to have goofy moments as david lynch you know he has a particular quirky sense of humor that likes to do it. but the level of what we're doing just now is, you know, it's just not going to carry forward. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, we were joking about what do we do after Twin Peaks? How do we, how <laughs> do we readjust to the normal world? Um, and it's going to be interesting taking what will ostensibly be the third chapter of this journey moving forward because the first two or three episodes were done, you know, very much tongue in cheek, but looked very cold and clinically at you know the details of the show we had a lot of david lynch stuff going on it was a bit crazy we're we're enjoying it and then the lunacy the second phase of our podcasting journey kicked in, and we started building up and we've taken it probably to its apex now this this episode really will be the culmination because essentially every character (laughs) makes an appearance over these two episodes minus james so i'm assuming He fell out with David Lynch or something. Um, Or they were like, let him drive. Or maybe maybe he actually thought he was in character. He was like a method actor and drove to Mexico. Um, Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) On on his journey to to find all the people that don't look like Laura. Um, But, you know, we've reached that fever pitch. And and now it's time to, at the end of this episode, kind of bid adieu to this phase and then enter the, the... conspiratorial, the, you know, that really, the, the minutiae, I love that word, the minutia of Twin Peaks information and mythology, which are really established from Fire With Me onwards, where we're going to be really carving in quite deeply into a lot of stuff behind it all, and yeah, so it, it is with a tear in my eye, uh, and a lump in my throat, that we approach these last two episodes I'll be honest with you and I never thought I would ever say this had there be another had there been another four episodes in season two, I would have been fine with that
1: yeah, yeah some nadine heavy episodes maybe uh maybe James gets a job as a mechanic in some other town um yeah working for a woman who's trying to kill her husband
0: it's like history repeats itself
1: this thing's familiar <laughs> maybe it's because she doesn't look like laura um no one looks like laura i you know when we get into uh uh firewalk with me we will we will have some fun with that um yeah
0: there's there's plenty there's plenty in there to have a giggle at
1: Um, oh my god you look just like laura you are laura
0: (laughs) you don't look like donna
1: (laughs) yeah you don't look like donna um still the most it's- jarring thing about that movie as as fucking horrifying as that movie is. Uh oh, yeah. the one of the most jarring things about it is like you're not Donna. Yeah, but, you are
0: not Donna. <laughs>
1: um anyway. Uh but we'll get into that. We we got that coming. So so here's what we're going to do, Duncan I propose. Tell me, bo what are we going to do? Well, uh we are going to uh obviously wrap up season 2 this evening. Mm-hmm. next week we're going to take a bit of a break we're going to have a week off before we i'm liking i'm liking this uh and we're going to have a classic episode of duncan and beau come correct uh th- that is going to be sort of refeatured. featured oh um, do, do
0: you have one in mind i minutes, do it's going to be a surprise
1: i i will i'll tell you what if you want to debate me i believe it's going to be our first incorrect in which we discuss Winter (laughs) Beast for the first time, to initiate those who may not have heard that episode into the fold. So at the end of all this Twin Peaks nonsense, when we watch Winter Beast, it's not a total surprise.
0: You know, I can't even remember what movie I picked to
1: go Um, against Winter
0: Beast. It was obsolete as soon as I watched Winter Beast. I was like, I have chose poorly.
1: Was it... (laughs) was blood feast your first or was that the oh second? blood yeah. feast
0: oh my god
1: which uh, is also amazing so like it is two so, incredibly <laughs> terrible movies uh that we discuss on on that show and and i would i would argue that it is uh an entertaining episode um, Incidentally, I would
0: say, not that I'm advocating anyone lavish out any money on, on Bloodfeast, but if you were wanting to, um, Arrow Video announced for the UK and the USA um, coming this October their 2K restoration of of
1: Bloodfeast. That is the <laughs> definition of polishing a turd. Um,
0: it, it really is. I, but, you know, I already own it. I, I got the Herschel Gordon Lewis super duper... Fucking ridiculous box set that sent me back hundred and fifty pounds for essentially twelve shit movies. Um, but I, I, if I had to do all over again, Bo, I'd do it all over again. Um but, uh, Yeah, with that, I, I, I kind of want to see that movie do well because I kind of—it's sixty minutes long. Everyone in the world should experience Winter Beast once, and everyone should experience Blood Feast once. Yeah, you know, in their life, you you, you can spare the time. It's uh, it's about the length of any fucking Thriller to watch those two movies back to back. So do it.
1: um yeah, i a hundred percent agree. So that's gonna happen, and then we launch headlong into the the next phase of Duncan and Bo Go to Twin Peaksies, in which we start with Fire Walk with Me. Mm. Uh, we're talking about Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, and we're also talking about Secret World of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, all in that episode and we go from there into the new season, of which, as I may have mentioned, I've seen seven minutes. And those seven minutes convinced me that I was not ready to watch Twin Peaks just yet. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not ready for this. <laughs> well, because it came right off of Firewalk with me. Like, as soon as I finished that, I was yeah. like, man, they're right here. Like, chronologically <laughs> speaking, that's my next step. Is to watch yep. the new stuff, and so I watched the opening scene. We won't spoil any of this. Uh I watched the opening scene, and I was like, "Oh my god, this feels so good. This feels so yep. right." And then I saw uh, the cutaway from that to one of our favorite characters.
0: Yeah, the reveal, re- the reveal of a character and his reveal, like gave me so much joy. Yeah, because because at first it doesn't look right and then he removes something and you see something and then you're like oh i'm home
1: yeah and I'm so home. and that was literally where i stopped it because i was like i need i need four or five hours because once i start doing this i'm not gonna stop yeah um but what i saw i was immediately like oh okay i'm a, i'm uh, this is gonna be okay yeah, um,
0: it's, it's, it's there waiting for you, Bo. It's there waiting for you. I know.
1: You. I know. But there's so, I like there's a lot of movies to watch because of uh, the, the teapots thing. And there's oh, some yeah. stuff I need to catch up on and blah, blah, blah. blah.
0: I think everyone's in that, boat. Um, we Might as well just mention this really quickly and get out of the way. Podcast Under the Stairs, as of Monday coming, will be starting its 11 week series. It's top it's top ten series. I do it annually. This is the fourth year I've done it. Um, but this one is just a bonkers idea. We're going year by year through the 1970s. Ten movies each episode. And um, we're going to create the definitive top ten list of 1970s movies uh, in the horror category. The only difference is I've created this little caveat that makes it the most uncomfortable top ten uh, in the world. Uh, so I've created this little thing called Noah's Ark Rules, which means all Every year, there has to be two movies that get carried onto that final list. So in years, for example, like 1978, where you have something like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Halloween, and Dawn of the Dead, only two of those movies can make it to the final list, which is yeah. just mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. And uh, I can't
0: fucking wait. I can't wait.
1: 73 is rough. Uh, there, There's a handful of those years where it's like, this is... A true Sophie's choice.
0: Oh yeah, this is designed. The whole purpose of the the, the idea is the whole theme of the fourth year of Podcast under the stairs is war. It's as you know, it's it's about making you, it's about pushing you, questioning why you like movies, um, getting you to interact, getting you to debate, um, and that's that's the theme that's carried over into this top ten because I guarantee, as civil as we all are, and I picked. Some great co-hosts to come on that, and Bo's doing two of those years. Um, as great as that is, there is only going to be so long before the gloves come off and people start really. I mean, we could live in a we could live in a world where Jaws might not make it through. But
1: yeah, yeah, I, you're you're. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the right decision, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah, and the only thing that can make sure
0: that they go through is the two of us have to agree, which means very much in the style. See, I feel like I've been training for this my whole life through doing the kind of Boca, I'm correct. Um, ultimately, each episode, are going to come down to two people arguing their case. Um, maybe not all the time. You know, maybe there's agreement across the board. But it could come down to arguing the case. And at that point, you know, whoever has the more convincing argument wins. So
1: Yeah, I've got uh I've got mine at the ready. I feel good uh about going into that that particular Thunderdome. Um
0: <laughs> We so, don't need another hero bo. We no. don't need one.
1: So uh all right, very quickly, um we don't have uh emails tonight, which oh. was I, I was a little sad. No, no one, no wa- one, no one wanted to ask us anything. Nobody came. Oh, well,
0: fuck them, Bo. Fuck them. Whoa. See, you can be a nice podcaster all you want. I don't have to be nice to anyone because I'm Scottish. Fuck the lies.
1: Wait, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me talk to the listeners alone for a second.
0: All right. Look, then. I'll just put my fingers in my ears.
1: Look, you know how he gets. When he gets like this, you just can't talk to him. So just look, just send in some emails next time, and we can avoid all of this. It's look, nobody wants it, and. Just, word warning, okay? We're to the wise. Uh, hey, all right, we're good. Um, can you smell that, Bo? What is that? There's, there's, the a, there's a stench of apologies in the air, oh. Bo. Oh, you can sniff them out, <laughs> you wily Scott. Um, That's
0: what we do. <laughs> so, there's, a, there's, a, there's an air of sincerity in this room. I'll have
1: none of it. I, I like that, that all Scots <laughs> possess the innate ability to sniff out condescending uh you know like any kind of sympathy any kind of uh, of uh, genuine emotion yeah is immediately apparent well like bloodhounds to that yeah uh man evolution's crazy man um <laughs> <laughs> here i can just sniff out a waffle house if i get within three miles <laughs> Oh my god, are those hash browns scattered smothered and chunked? I think they are. <laughs> quick, everyone, follow me. <laughs> follow that American's nose. Right. Um All right, uh because we're never ever ever going to do this series and it just came back. Uh let's take a quick minute since we got a little email time to spare. Not too long. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a little Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones came back.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, did it ever come back.
1: Um, It, uh, you know, we're not going to be spoiler heavy, but if you haven't seen the episode, then, you know, skip ahead. I don't know. A couple of minutes. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to get too crazy about it. But um, I liked everything about it. It felt like the whole episode (laughs) was uh, setting the stage for the end of Game of Thrones, yeah. um i got a couple of early predictions Ooh! all right we're gonna see and i haven't read the books so this is i think in
0: fairness at this stage you're safe i don't think anything that's happening now has been is in a book that has been released
1: at least one thing has uh because my mother spoiled it for me <laughs> mom yeah Yeah, and it was something significant enough that I was really angry about it. Um, Oh, no. Yeah, I know. There's a thing I know that is going to twist the season, and I already know it. And it sucks. I I promise I will never tell another soul. It stops with me. The bye-bye man ends here. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't speak it.
1: So, uh, but yeah, so I think it's setting the table. I thought it had some great moments. That opening scene was incredible. Yeah. Zombie giants. Fuck. Of course there are, but how awesome is it? Um, It was great to see them. It sure was. Oh my goodness. I really love that. And um, I'll also, uh, I thought uh, the final scene, which I was kind of hoping the final scene was going to be the opening scene, but I'm glad it was in the episode, which was the the return of Daenerys Stormborn to uh, Westeros. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it ends great. I mean, it, like I said, it ends in a way that feels like the creators saying like, all right, this is what's going on, everybody. You ready for shit to pop off now? And yeah. so it was, because I had just watched Battle of the Bastards and the finale from last season, mm-hmm. this episode felt a little less action-packed. Which it yeah. was, but it's because we're dealing with the fallout from all that shit.
2: Yeah,
0: this this would be, historically, this would be the 10th episode of a Game of Thrones. Like, in a series. They tend to do, the action packed ones tend to be episode 9 in Game of Thrones, and the, you know, the, the 10th episode tends to be the one that deals with the fallout and sets the stage for what's going to come on the next season. And this kind of felt like an extension of that, so I think on some level, there was almost like this conscious acknowledgement that this season is later than the previous ones. Um, so it did feel like we were maybe retreading a couple of conversations that, in principle, had already happened um, in the previous season. But it was just kind of like a, a gentle wink, a nudge, and a wee reminder to the audience, yeah, this is this is kind of where we're going with this now. Um, and, you know, the, the stage is now set for for the, the most epic of all battles um which is inevitable uh, and the coming together of of certain factions um and it, it just felt great i think across the board once again it, uh, it stands head i really do think game of thrones is just effortless effortlessly amazing Um it's just consistently great right there's not one poor casting choice. Um, the dialogue is always incredible. It's funny where it needs to be. It's poignant where it needs to be. It's revolting where it needs to be. Um, and it, it, it's such a, a, a difficult balancing act for, for any TV show to try and do that, and they make it look so fucking easy um, and effortless. I, you know, it finished and I was just I sat there and I was like, I cannot wait for this season. Uh, this is this yeah. is this is what, you know, this is what Game of Thrones does, it just, and once again, it's another thing that, uh, uh, the you know, the writings on the wall for that show, they have it, they have it all mapped out, they have it finished, they know exactly where they're going with it, and there's, there's some comfort in that, you know, it didn't do a Twin Peaks, but, um, at the same time though, you know, it, it's, it's a bit gutting to see that show go, because the, the mythology and the, the world is so huge, and I know they're talking spin-offs, etc., and all the rest, but, um, I don't think anything they do is gonna is ever really gonna capture the magic of of this right. just this run. This yeah. run has just been incredible.
1: Better call Saul ain't Breaking Bad. It's really good. It just ain't Breaking Bad, and yeah. and none of the spinoffs are gonna be the original Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um So yeah, uh, a couple of quick predictions. I think um, Melisandre ends up in uh, the. S- in uh is it the citadel is, yeah that's where uh jorah mormont is with a uh, cursed with the grayscale because you know she was helping stannis's kid with the same thing yep and also that's gonna let her know hey because of what samuel now knows about uh all the dragonglass and yep. dragonstone and uh, so she's going to be able to take that knowledge back to John, risking her own life because, of course, she has been banished from the North because of her participation in the death of uh, Stannis' daughter. Yeah. Uh, so I think all that's going to happen. I could be totally wrong, but that piece of it all makes sense to me.
0: Mm hmm. And that seems sound.
1: That does sound sound. So, that's it. That's the only early prediction. It's not, like, anything breathtaking, like, oh my god, John is the son of... Anyway, I won't spoil that. Yeah. (laughs) uh, If you've never watched the show. um, Yeah, in in fairness,
0: right after the end of the previous season, that little detail was spoiled everywhere. Um, The internet could not contain itself there, and it's pretty much all but been confirmed by everyone involved with the project.
1: Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's all real cool. So, um, Game of Thrones... Check it out, everyone. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Duncan and Bo goes to Tony Peaksy's
0: useless statement of the week is Game of Thrones turns out pretty good.
1: Yeah, turns out it's a good show. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine though, and and I say this with all all seriousness and and with no uh, no compunction at all. Um, if this show sticks the landing, it's gonna be one of the two or three best television shows that have ever been.
0: Oh, yeah. Easily. It's, Easily. Yeah.
1: It, it's it's just incredible. Like we... It's going
0: to be, in my mind, it's going to be up there beside Sopranos, uh, Breaking Bad, Hannibal even, I think. Even though Hannibal didn't have the, the longevity of the other ones, I think Hannibal's ending is, is pretty fucking amazing. Um, yeah. So that's how you stick an ending, and I, I can't see how Game of Thrones don't do it, so... I just can't see how they don't do it. I mean, I mean, I almost kind of feel like I know what the ending is going to be. Um, but knowing how that, knowing how that show and how its author uh, likes to treat audience members, readers, and viewers, um, I don't think it's going to be. It's not going to be the feel good ending of the summer Bowl. That's all I'm saying.
1: No, and and I kind of have my pet theory as to who ends up on the throne at the end of all of this. Uh, and it's not the typical good guy, you know, yeah. it's, I, I think that that show isn't about good versus evil. It's just about people versus people. And yeah. Uh, and it
0: turns out we're all kids.
1: Yeah. Most people are assholes. Um, uh, also I'm just saying it for the record, shut up in the meeting, Santa, keep that in, in private counsel. Um, <laughs> I appreciate what she had to say, but uh just put a sock in it. Um. So we turn now to what we have been watching recently. Uh, Duncan. Yes. W- w- what have you seen recently that I ought to see?
0: Is that what I'm glad. You know what, well, I'm glad that you asked. I'm glad that you asked me on this show why I've seen it, and I will tell you right now. <laughs> nothing. All right. Absolutely nothing. Um, I will make mention that I am continuing my... Because I'm I, I'm basically... I have to visit about 50 movies in the next five and a half weeks um, in order to make sure that all the holes in the list for teapots are actually done. And I've, I've managed to do a, quite a large chunk of them, but they're all very old movies, and I'm not going to really speak about them here. Um, I am, however, continuing my journey through season two of Preacher, which is a really fucking good show. A really, 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 really good show. And um, they gave me a view of hell um, in the last, the last episode there, which was fucking wonderful. And they even threw a bit of Hitler in there for shits and giggles.
1: Oh well, sure. So. I mean, if, if yeah. there's a hell, he's there.
0: Yes, turns out he's uh, quite amusing when he's there as well.
2: No, All <laughs> <So. right>. nice. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah,
0: so as, as a really good show, um, so if you have access to the Amazon Primes, uh, watch yourself on Preacher. Uh, season 2 is, I would say, it's on point to be better than Season 1, and I like Season 1 a whole hell of a lot. Uh,
1: I will do that. I didn't finish up Season 1, not because I didn't enjoy the show, uh, I just fell off and, and didn't hop back on, but um, but I will. Uh, I actually started flirting with rewatching watching that uh, recently, and then you know twin peaks um if i'm not watching something for the teaputs thing it's gonna be twin peaks um Mm -hmm. with the exception of tomorrow night when i'm going to see a restoration print of stop making sense oh yeah uh you know i'm a talking heads fan um i did see though duncan i know how you love the superhero movies and I saw uh the Spiderman homecoming.
0: Oh yeah. This is the 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 third reboot um in the last fifteen years.
1: Second reboot. Third. It's not the third. It was Toby Maguire was not a reboot.
0: Uh, was there never a Spider Man movie before that?
1: Uh no. I mean, like oh. back in the seventies there was the T V show, but no.
0: Oh, I thought they made that. I thought they made a movie off the T V show, no? No. All right, well, sorry, second reboot then, as if that's any better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's still, like, this movie should be terrible, and it's not. Um, Oh, excellent. So it's, uh, the kid who plays Spider-Man is great. Um, It's a fun story. Michael Keaton is amazing. I have
0: heard this. I've heard that, the the, surprise, surprise, Michael Keaton um, is is really good as a villain.
1: Yeah, another... Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks, he's hot take. <laughs> Michael Keaton's a real good actor, everyone.
0: <laughs> he's really good. He is, like, he is, he's having the reconnaissance right now. He is. He's having this little renaissance of, of just really, really, really good roles. I mean, uh, you've got... Um,
1: Spotlight?
0: Spotlight. Birdman. Uh, what was it, Birdman, and he had that... Um,
1: the Founder is great. Yes, The Founder.
0: And, obviously, the, this little movie here, where he's just... I I I always liked him as an actor. I always thought he was a really good actor. Um, and he kind of disappeared into obscurity for a while there. And I have I have enjoyed seeing him come back and just get. It feels like he's just getting to pick roles that he's really interested in, um, as opposed to kind of calling his agent saying what scripts are there. Right, we need to. I need to be out there doing something. It kind of feels like he's picking and choosing sensibly. Uh, very much like Matthew McConaughey did, uh, so I, I am pleased to see that. And he's probably the only reason I would watch that Spider-Man movie. I'm uh, not invested in anything about that movie at all.
1: Oh, of course not. But you could do a lot worse. Uh, to watch that movie just for him, he's in it enough, and and the performance is good enough. Um, so yeah, he's he's amazing in it, and one of the problems that those Marvel movies uh, tend to have is that the villains are real middling and forgettable. And this is one of those movies where like the villain is upfront and completely understandable and very memorable. And their relationship with each other is really good between Spiderman and and the vulture. And, uh, and it's kind of an intimate story. Like it's not uh, to, to, paraphrase we hate movies it's not 75 911s at the end of this movie <laughs> it's just like it, it's just a kid who's got to get this thing done and yeah. uh and it's really nice like um even if you like i certainly did not care for those amazing spider-man movies i thought those were terrible um, So what
0: ones were they, they they're the ones Andrew that came
1: Garfield,
0: uh, yeah, I saw the first one at the cinema Oof. and I decided I would not waste any more money on them.
1: Yeah, it was the they were both really bad movies and and so it's nice I mean, to see that
0: Giamatti almost had me going to see that second one and then I got told he's in it collectively for about three minutes and I was yeah. like yeah, I'm not gonna see that movie.
1: Yeah, he is the only reason I see it and yeah, it's there's not enough. Um so, yeah, it's uh, it, it's nice to see that character back in the, the Marvel fold and kind of playing with the other characters. But even though Iron Man is in it, he's only in it for, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe. You know, it's a real sideline character. Like, it's very much a Spider-Man movie. And it's very much a John Hughes-inspired movie. Mm. You know, it's ultimately the story of a kid who likes a girl. But because he's Spider-Man, he can't be with her. Yeah, and it you know all that stuff works so uh really good i enjoyed spider-man homecoming uh, a whole lot and and yeah i mean michael keaton holy crap there is there is one scene in particular in that movie um that michael keaton is as sinister a person as you'd ever want to see um he says alluding vaguely to the sinister six <laughs> which is uh already so spider-man's villain um <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, uh, Bo, Bo, the connection is going really bad here. I'm going into a tunnel.
1: No, yeah, a time tunnel <laughs> of me in 1990 trying to explain to someone why Todd McFarlane is good. Um, <laughs> it's not true. He's not. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> i tell you what I do like about Todd
0: McFarlane, though. His Facebook page is pretty amazing. He goes live loads uh, and draws characters, shows you how to draw them.
1: That's cool that's cool i i I don't think he's a bad artist other than like his style of character was just of a time almost yeah you know uh it's very exaggerated anyway nobody wants to hear comic talk with me and a guy who doesn't care about comic books
0: i don't give a fuck about comic books yeah
1: that (laughs) that seems like a bad show duncan i don't think we should do it (laughs) uh instead let us turn our attention, Duncan, to tonight's pair of episodes. You might have heard us mention earlier, gentle listeners. This is, in fact, the final two episodes of Boom. season two. Zit. Two left. Two left. This is left. the end of that James Hurley ridden highway is before us, and I'm about to pull the chopper into the double R for one last slice of pie.
0: Oh, I'm getting emotional, but don't. Go
1: do that. Um, did, did I promised myself I would. Um, <laughs> the first episode is entitled "Miss Twin Peaks," which is a storyline we couldn't have cared less about until we're forced to. <laughs> yeah, um, well, no,
0: well, and this, yeah. In fairness, at least at least they do something with it.
1: Yes, yes, it goes somewhere for sure. But and eh, we could have gotten there another. Anyway, um, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Uh, it is directed by Tim Hunter, uh, who has directed a number of, uh, of episodes of the show, both, uh, uh, good and bad pre, uh, Leland Palmer and post. So he is, uh, he is both responsible for the greatness and to blame for Nadine. Um, Barry Pullman is the writer of this evening's first episode, um, was the writer of wounds and scars, uh, the mass ball and uh maybe most notably um the one-arm man mm-hmm. and um or I'm sorry Tim Hunter directed that one i i have it wrong the uh, uh he wrote uh the orchids curse um barry Pullman did so anyway but
0: it sounds like a jowl
1: it really does and as we know that is uh the one in which one deputy hawk <coughs> impaled a motherfucker in the back with his knife. Um, One
0: of the greatest scenes in the history of Man. Yeah. No, it just shows, like, Man.
1: It is incredible. Uh, It's
0: like, Man invents the wheel, Man invents fire, Man invents the automobile, Man creates a combustion engine, Man creates the Industrial Revolution, Man reaches the moon, and Hawk throws a giant Machete into the back of oh, a man. That is the order, but that's the order of greatness. So Hawk is at the top.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like the ascending greatness. I like it. It's
0: got yep. a robo.
1: So we open this episode, uh Duncan, uh at uh, Wyndham Earl's Secret Shitty Cabin Lair. <laughs> he hasn't really bothered to fix up at all and hasn't ordered Leo Stein to sweep the place I don't understand any of the housekeeping going on Um, everyone's chained up Leo Stein is uh, is chained up along Um, with uh, the Major who as we remember from the last episode was uh, abducted via Tandem Horse
0: (laughs) 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 fucking Twin Peaks man I know
1: it's like, uh,
0: uh, anyway, it, it breaks your brain. It really breaks your brain. I like, well, we, see when you say see when you say sentences like that, you get the image again, and you just uh, your brain just like goes, "What the fuck am I doing here?" At uh, like quarter past midnight in a cupboard, speaking the <laughs> ball. We
1: are uh, we are getting into an episode tonight where we are going to say things that sound fucking bananas.
0: Yeah, everything and, involving window Earl in this episode will be straight up bananas.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, Leo Stein and uh, the Major are all uh, chained up in Wendell shitty cabin lair. And yep. Leo Stein fi- finds out he can reach this end table where uh, a key is. The key does not fit his lock. Uh, it fits the Major's. So, he frees uh, Major Briggs and tells him, save shelly because that's the whole deal right is that last episode leo stein went went rabid on Wyndham Earl because he's starting to remember loving shelly making him strangely a sympathetic character at the end of yeah. his arc um, redemption
0: redemption for this character right at the end ladies and gentlemen in the tv business this is how you write a story arc This is a character arc right now. Granted, it's not the greatest character arc, but from his position at the beginning of this show, which was, I hate this man, why is he beating up his wife, I hope horrible things happen to To the position he's in just now, I feel sorry for him. And that is how you write a story arc. Incidentally, it's also worth noting that the major is how the Scots like to put it, out his tits on drugs. He is out his
1: test <laughs> yeah as we will see uh, a little bit later um and also it one one thing that I, I like about leo stein here uh in addition to being redeemed um is that you know he, he senses evil like we talked about this a little bit uh in, in the last episode that leo stein is a thug Yes. And he understands that like as, as shitty a person as he is, Wyndham Earl is evil for the sake of evil. He's he's Twin Peaks Joker.
0: Yes, Twin and, Peaks Joker.
1: And um, so <laughs> I'm already tempted to do that stupid voice for Wyndham Earl. Oh, um, you have to do
0: it. It's the greatest thing. What was, was we ever find out who the, the character is from
1: Family Guy. No, I want to say it's Jasper, but that's the old old guy um yeah but anyway okay. i should have his own tv show no 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 that's that's cleveland I, that cleveland's the one that you sound like oh okay well that's not who <laughs> i was going after but sometimes you know happy accidents um <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny that's a real like i was aiming at his head kind of moment um <laughs> so Major Briggs uh, fucks off. Uh, Yeah,
0: stumbles carelessly out the door because he is out his tits on drugs.
1: And yes, and uh, Leo Stein has to wait there while Windemere returns. (laughs) Yeah, looking more and more like Beetlejuice with every passing moment. He really does. (laughs) He comes in his face is it's kind of powder puff white,
0: um, and his eyes are all bloodshot and red, and, you know, he looks like maybe a, a backup dancer for Marlon Manson. And um, he's in front of him, and, you know, he's obviously, oh, someone let the Major go. Did you let the Major go, Leo? You know, he's doing all this, kind of, he's playing very coy, And he says that it's okay, they don't need him now because they're going to play a new game. And then in classic Twin Peaks, no sense logic, however, this scene is really creepy and how the fuck did this happen? He lifts a kind of burlap sack in front of his mouth, uh, talking about this new game. And when he brings it down, the inside of his mouth and his teeth are black.
1: Yeah, yeah, he looks uh, real zombified for a second. No explanation. Well, you know, he's getting closer and closer to the Black Lodge, getting uh getting more and more evil. Uh which as <laughs> as we have learned is the key. And um Yeah, and uh Leo Stein appropriately flips out <laughs> I'm going to Yeah. <laughs> Look at my hair. It's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, crazy. <laughs> and I need to fix my teeth. Um,
0: Is there something in my teeth? <laughs> right, the so, dairy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it's like he found uh, uh, a milk bottle filled with crude oil.
0: Yeah, in the UK we had these sweets called blackjacks, um, and they were kind of a kind of licorice maybe like an aniseed sort of chewable sweet. And if you had one or two of them They were black in color If you had one or two of them They would dye your tongue black And stain your teeth black And I don't know if they sell them anymore But blackjacks And I I just imagine that he's like Power chugging blackjacks Eh, Well that's this thing I'm saying You know where It's time to play a new game Choo 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 Yeah I'll be with you No no, I can't lift the bag down now Leo Choo 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 Right here we go (laughs) Ha
1: ha Yeah Is it fucked up of me Is it over generalizing to say that it's not a stunner that a British candy would make your teeth look fucked up? Is that out of line?
0: I think that's incredibly xenophobic, and I think you should feel ashamed of yourself (laughs) right now. But thank you, thank you very much for opening up the racist door book.
1: Um, Uh, Well, I just know my, like I've got the coffee table book, The Big Book of British Smiles. (laughs) It's a different sort of horror. It's it's thin on the pictures, that book. (laughs) Um, anyway yeah, Was it, it, was it, uh, was it
0: uh, Frankie Boyle A great Scottish comedian Once said that British teeth uh, Resemble um, vandalized graveyards <laughs> <laughs> Which I kind of love Because you get that image Right in the center of your head When he says
1: it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's perfect Yeah, alright um, So anyway, so what's going on Oh yeah, yeah So uh, <laughs> Winnie Earl is like I'm going to scare you And then <laughs> and then uh we move on so we hop (laughs) over to the double r where nothing really is happening strangely this is one of the few scenes where not that much is going on other than we don't spend too long
0: there though which is pretty good
1: yeah it's a super quick scene but it's norma uh saying that she's got some pies for the miss twin peaks pageant and we've got shelly and annie annie um is (laughs) 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 old So hold, hard. <laughs> hold, hold. <laughs> All right. So, um, so hard not to. Uh, uh, I think it's hard hardest now. Every time we mention
0: her name from now on, the arch is going to be there to ask how she is. I know. Right?
1: It's like <laughs> it's like once it. you've you've been on the needle, Duncan. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's like
0: it's like Pringles bowl Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Oh, it sure doesn't.
1: Um. Anyway uh so yeah they're they're chit-chatting about the miss twin peaks pageant and uh and that's kind of it's just kind of a reminder of like yeah everybody's heading there here's some food heading that way courtesy oh norma and uh that norma is one of the judges as well so
0: and they they, 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 do, they
1: do a nice joke and that
0: you know, maybe she could split her vote between the two of them because she doesn't want to choose between her sister and her best friend it's a kind of nice touching moment um and I, I kind of, I kinda, um, and the, the, once again they remind you in this scene uh, about the original, the original idea behind Twin Peaks, because uh, Annie basically, you know, Norma's like trying to, we need this, we need this event in this time to lift spirits, and Annie just flat out says, you know, is it because you know what happened to Laura Palmer, and Norma's kind of Um Says a good day for healing, and we're like, oh, that's right, Laura Palmer, Laura Palmer, that chick they got murdered, yeah. Remember when we were trying to solve that case? That's why the all oh, keep pursuing, yeah. Right, remember that, everyone? Remember that? Me- remember? It's almost as if the show is finishing tonight. Um, yeah, we gotta why we got to wrap this up, here? everyone. <laughs> <We> got random- <laughs> One of my favorite things about listening to that episode back again was the random appearance of Mister Mister TV exec. Uh, just like telling everyone to wrap it up, um, but yeah, so it's, a, it's a, a super short scene. It's it kills well, at uh, two minutes.
1: Yeah, that. it's it's definitely, We've talked about it like twelve times as long as the actual scene. So, and we're gonna get a lot of these little
0: bits and bobs as well because this show knew that why we say that this is the these are the last two episodes that were shown in the states as one long movie, and. um like, pretty much every character will have a bit part. Like, every character that you've met that hasn't been killed off or travelled to Mexico will make an appearance here. So, that once again, we're just playing lip service to a lot of characters to make sure they get their little bit of screen time before we close up.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, like, you can already hear the announcements on the mall speaker. It's like, <laughs> uh, The mall will be closing in 45 <laughs> minutes, please. Move towards the exits with your purchases. Thank you for <laughs> coming to Aubrey Mills Mall. We'll see you next time.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I can't, I can't, but I need to go. I need to get my stuff out of this mall.
1: Yeah, sorry. That No, that was just Wait a second, this isn't a mall, this is a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been fooled once more by the man of 12 voices. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn you, Bo. <laughs> so all right let, let's get to audrey because audrey's awesome audrey looks
0: fucking stunning because audrey is no longer a girl bro. she is a woman
1: she is w-o-m-a-n um mm. so she is uh perched uh attractively by the fire
0: yep seductively
1: that too yeah oh, i can't believe i got kicked out of this show can you believe she was a virgin <laughs>
2: and
0: oh Belly Zane, we love you so much uh,
1: and yeah. i love all of you <laughs> um so uh audrey is uh uh is kind of pining a bit and her dad comes in uh, our our pal ben horn And he has uh, in his hands stacks and stacks of religious texts. Yeah. And he, you know, he's still trying to be the good guy. And so he says, I hold in my hands the collected religious thought of the world. (laughs) And somewhere in here, I'm going to find the answers to what I'm looking for. And which is kind of a nice moment. I, I, you know. Uh, for all the moments, I couldn't have cared less about what Ben Horn was up to, especially when he was the Confederate general or whatever. Um, this stuff is kind of intriguing, like the good guy trying to be the good or the bad guy trying to be the good guy and looking for the instruction manual kind of um, on how to do that. And then he actually does play the good guy because he's like, hey, what's you You look a little down in the mouth What? what's up? And, uh, you know, obviously this is about uh, Billy Zane uh, having to leave and uh, potentially he'll never come back and she's, you know, devastated. Uh, yeah, but
0: I, I, what I like about this is Ben Horn says that if he if he said he was coming back, he'll come back. And, you know, time heals um, all wounds because uh, I, I love how Audrey says that he's only been gone a day and she's hunting just now. Um she, she hopes that she doesn't feel the same way in a week's time um, and we go from though Ben being very sympathetic and looking after his daughter to by the way are you, uh, are you going to be in this Miss Twin Peaks pageant and Audrey's like well, I don't really want to be you know the, the town bathing beauty um, and he's like well you know it's just that they're talking about the environment and everyone from the town would be there and this could be a great opportunity to get our message out the stop the ghostwood development. You know, maybe you could do that. You know, and I'm like, well, he's, for all he's a nice guy and all the rest, Ben Horn at times still has that hawkish nature about him where he can see an opportunity. Um, and we
1: also get some like pushing some the brand, in, Duncan. That's all he's doing, pushing the brand. Yep,
0: pushing the brand. Uh, we also get um, a bit of information which will play prominence in the next episode as to the outcome of Audrey Horn's trip to Seattle. Because remember she disappeared to Seattle and we were like that. Oh, she's come back. Why was she in Seattle? What happened? Why we've done nothing with the storyline? Um, essentially, she says that the money for the Ghostwood development is being funneled through this bank, um, and the packers are using it. But the bank are doing it on the down low, as the kids call it. But well, uh, they don't want any negative. Yeah, they don't want any negative press at all. And Ben Horn says, well, it's negative press we're going to give them because that kind of. Once again, that hawkish smile on his face. Um, and yeah, it's a nice little scene. Um, we, we recap on the fact that Billy Zane is no longer in the show, um, although I will demand right now, because it's probably the last time we're going to get one, uh, a Billy Zane impression. Billy Zane, how do you feel about not being on Twin Peaks for the last two episodes?
1: Well, I certainly ain't happy about it. I was just starting up. To- Feel like I belonged
2: <laughs> Well here's
0: the here's the question Bo. Uh, And the many times that you've done that Voice on the show just now How many times do you think someone's masturbated to it? <laughs> uh,
1: I mean I can verify one Duncan
0: <laughs> I, I thought you told everyone that you weren't going to tell You're not supposed to tell those secrets <laughs> the... I told you that in confidence It was an accident It just came on while I was cleaning myself <laughs>
1: When I pull back the curtain, <laughs> I pull back the curtain. Oh, um, I, don't even, I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> I don't
0: know either, but it sounds dirty. It does. It uh, sounds
1: filthy. Um, <laughs> hey, let's say we get to uh, the hero of our show, one Agent Dale Cooper, who is still hanging out at the uh, Twin Peaks Sheriff Station um with uh, sheriff truman and uh andy who is uh staring at the uh the, <laughs> the larger scale replica of the hieroglyph in the cave our petroglyph and um with their so major briggs is missing and they're like, immediately Agent Cooper, because he's a super sleuth, is like, I'm pretty sure Wendell Merrill got him. Yeah. And then begins to hypothesize, but begins it with, Harry, I'd like to speak out loud for a minute. And it's <laughs> it's one of those lines where you're just like, fucking Twin Peaks, you're so good to me.
0: Yeah, but it's also like, uh, I'd like to speak out loud for a minute, and then we cut to Wendell Merrill listening, and he's listening device going to Vicecon X. <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> um so uh you know agent cooper is uh revealing to harry that he has this vision at the moment that uh Josie packard died and Uh,
0: yeah oh dear
1: right and he's like i didn't want i didn't want to tell you (laughs) while you're in an emotional state But when your lover, Josie Packard, died of fear, I saw a glimpse of Bob. Oh, (laughs) did not be that nice. No, he didn't, but she was dying of fear. Oh,
0: imagine, oh. imagine how ineffective in Paul would be as a character if he spoke with Josie <laughs> Uh
1: Yeah, instead of being like, you know, I'm the one to claim your soul. <laughs> oh, so, so please.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, dear. <laughs>
0: yeah, he basically says that <clears throat> he has a hypothesis um, that she died of fear, and that fear triggered Bob's return. But it was only kind of this fleeting, sorry, image of Bob because obviously she she died. So his assumption is that the Black Lodge, or well, his assumption is that Bob is summoned by fear. And, you know, Jeff Truman's like, well, but, you know, what's, what's Bob got to do with the Black Lodge? And once again, Super Slith, Agent Dale Cooper's like that. I think that's where he's from.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and that, uh, as you said, fear uh, draws him like uh, a, a honey draws flies.
0: Yeah. It's also the mind killer, Bo. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Fear is, in fact, the mind killer, as Agent Cooper points out in the future. Um, <laughs> I like to think it's just the same character. He just evolves, Duncan.
0: Is it the future or is it the past?
1: Um, I'll just leave you with that one. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, we'll, we'll think about it. So,
0: <laughs> but I, I, love this, I love this next bit, because this is, this is, once again, this is Agent Cooper just kind of looking at Harry and the cherished office around going, I mean, I really need to now make these connections for you. He's like that. I just, you know, I kind of think that the black lodge might be that evil in the forest that you guys keep talking about. Right. Remember you told me like that last season there, just kind of thinking that maybe a spirit, an evil spirit that can occupy people that comes from the woods. Now we know that there's black lodges in the woods. And now that I've hypothesized that Bob is from that black lodge, I'm just going to say that there's maybe uh you know a kind of higher percentage chance, uh, the old percentile chance um, that you know Bob is from there and this is this evil place that you're not talking about. Just a thought. I'm you know, just you know spitballing here, but it's kind of I don't know what you think of that, Harry, but that's that's kind of kind of what I think.
1: You know, yeah, and and Harry of course is like that's damn smart, Dale, and. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and like, also yeah, that. Also, the <laughs> owls are not what they seem. Are we going to get really deep into what the owls are? we got to wrap this up. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's oh, okay. All thing. right. Um, it's like we've been seeing it all season, though. We kind of feel like there should be some sort of payoff. Is there not any room at all? we got to
1: keep this moving.
0: Right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, <I> also... <laughs> that's fucking wrong. It's also like it's cool because they, they mention as well as that's basically since 1965, um, you know, Wendell Merrill has been trying to gain access to the Black Lodge. You know, so it's, it has consumed his thoughts since the moment he found out about it. Um, well, and
1: good news, Duncan. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt with my interruption. Um, <laughs> I was going to say it's good news because Wendell Merrill happens to be listening in thanks to his handy dandy bonsai tree
0: yep and he may have heard a vital piece of information hypothesized by agent dale cooper the missing link and his theory and how to get in there and it is quite simply the fear of a good woman not the love of a good woman the fear of a good woman
1: yeah it's it's a a simple paradigm to get to the black lodge you need fear and uh, the rumored White Lodge, uh, You Would Need Love.
0: Yeah. I want to
1: terrify
0: you, woman. I want to lay you down by the fire. Ooh,
1: I like where Walk that's with going. Me,
0: Walk with me. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so that's well, a bit of an info dump. We're, we're pushing the story on now. We now know how to get into the Black Lodge. The only thing that Agent Dale Cooper doesn't know, that Winder Merrill certainly knows, is the location of the entrance.
1: Yep. And Winnemarle himself says, I know where it is. I know when <laughs> to go there. And now I know how to get in. I know the key. Bye, y'all. Thanks, Leo. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> I love this scene as well, because he, he starts collecting up his stuff. Uh, he's, he's pretty much, he's saying goodbye to the shitty cabin. He's saying goodbye to, you know, goodbye, cruel world. Um, hello, hello, evil parallel portal um, and all the time he's speaking to Leo and we can see Leo's legs and body but we can't see Leo's face and you know he's like you know we've had fun you know <clears throat> I even grew to, to kind of like you I've grown fond of you it's, it's been it's been real um,
1: oh Leo you're a stitch
0: <laughs> yeah he's like that he's like I kind of feel like I can't really forgive you though for what you did with Major letting him go but um It's been great. I'll see you later. Um, He also mouths out loud that he's not felt this excited since he punctured Caroline's aorta, um, which, for those that remember from previous episodes, Caroline was his wife. She had an affair with Coop. Um, Wyndham Earl found out about it, killed her, um, made it look like someone else did it, and then got locked up in the funny farm. Um, And The last, uh, well, pretty much the last scene. We get one more scene of Leo after this, but it's essentially the same fucking scene. Um, the last we see of Leo um, is head kind of tilted backwards with a piece of string in his mouth, clamping it with his teeth, and we follow the string uh, up through an elaborate pulley system, and it leads to a kind of cage, uh, but the cage is full. What is a cage full of boat?
1: Fucking tarantulas for no reason. <laughs>
0: obviously you must have loved that i know how you love a good
2: tarantula
1: i do i do love a good spider and i was thinking that would be the most horrifying way to uh certainly torture me but yeah he he has uh leo stein all blood-sucking freaks in it Mm -hmm. with the rope in his mouth and you know the cage of spiders which is like it's a, a little rube goldberg Why not just a knife or a guillotine or something like that? You know, that would be quicker and easier. Maybe it's just the fact that Wendell Merle is courting evil and that means being a little bit more flowery with it. Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) I'm going to do spiders. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) why not just a guillotine? Oh, that is so passe. Um,
0: let just, like, just like he's got a little notebook with all these different ideas and he's like do I go guillotine? no do I go shotgun? no not too messy I, I could go cobra don't be silly there's no cobras here um,
1: <laughs> how about ants and honey and a steak? <laughs> no <laughs> maybe a shark that'd be scary <laughs> No. Yeah,
0: sharks with freaking laser beams Attached to their foreheads
1: Ooh, um, How about some of them slithery old eels <laughs> Well how, how Am I going to get an eel up here uh, Yeah just I don't know why it was tarantulas but it was uh, and
0: This is essentially the last like, like I say we get one more flash Sequence of Leo um, Later on in fact in, in the next episode But it is essentially The same shot And this is how we leave Leo unresolved as a character, clinging to dear life by his teeth, literally Ah. to stop a box of tarantulas fall and and one would imagine bite him to death and then consume his body slowly by uh, desiccating the 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 blood from it and then leaving him as a as a husk a a shell of a a shell of a (laughs)
1: Leostein, like the uh, the operator. The phone operator and Kingdom of the Spiders, Duncan. That's just
0: exactly. oh, love that movie. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. It's uh, a
0: really, really good movie. Um, also, has been announced for I believe there's a Blu-ray restoration. And I think it's, I have I, it. Actually,
1: you have it. I have the Blu-ray of Kingdom of it. the Spiders. Yes,
2: I need it.
1: Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, <laughs>
0: but yeah, and that's that's how we leave this character. I mean, we will come back at the end to discuss. Like at the very end, we'll come back to discuss where some characters are left. Um,
1: but it's kind of this. maybe important to say right now, like listeners, if for some reason you haven't been watching the show and you're just listening to this, first of all, well done. Second yeah, of well all, well done. Yeah. <laughs> um. You you know you know everything you need to know. Um. The thing that happens over and over again is like that's just where that character is it's not yeah. satisfying it's just how they're in th- they're left in this show and it yeah. happens over and over like i i don't know if i said this on the show last time or if it was just in private to you but i think david lynch is the the proto troll <laughs> of like I, <laughs> like when he heard we gotta wrap this up he was like Oh, yeah? This is gonna be fucked up. I I just... I I
0: just don't... I think... I kind of think you're right, but I also think that... Like, characters... Like, I think a a story to David Lynch is just a wholly... Or making a movie is just a wholly organic process for him. And... Like any plant that grows, there are limbs to that plant at different stages that kind of wither and die, for the benefit of the, you know, the plant itself, you know, to help it grow. When you know, when when trees are are struggling to grow, they will, you know, they will basically ditch part of themselves to concentrate growth in other areas, or you <laughs> know, let bits right. rot. You know, and I think that's kind of how. David Lynch just approached Twin Peaks. So, like I think he started developing certain things, regardless whether there's. I mean, because you could give, you could easily give a a a restitution or a resolution to the Leo character. It's not you know it's not difficult to do yet, and part of that might be trolling, or part of that may just be that you know, from from a from a storytelling point of view, David Lynch is just not interested in this bit anymore. He's he's got his swan song at the end of the next episode. Which is gonna consume quite a bit of time and be like the most lynchian thing that has ever existed, you know, ever. Um and maybe in in that world, developing any sort of time to to show you Leo either dead or Leo escape is just not you know, it's just as wasted time to him. So yeah, leave him. Leave him clinging to life uh, by the by his teeth. Um
2: yeah, that's honestly
0: interesting. I, c- I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of like it though. I don't know that. I don't know what happens to that character. I don't know. I, that's the last I see him. Like, kind of part of me, whilst I feel sorry for the character, I'm kind of fine with that.
1: Yeah, at a certain point, you you just get cool with it. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, okay, that's not how most shows do this. They they wrap it up, and that's not how Twin Peaks does it. It's just like okay we, at a certain point the show's end but the story does not yeah and and it's you know it's it, it's genius in its own way um, Definitely. And, and intentional, not just like oh they screwed this up. anyway' we'll, when we get to the end you'll know you guys will know um you'll know so uh let's
0: let's its vary. painful let's, yeah, it's painful we need to we need to get through these scenes these are the ones that all that stuff that we've been all happy about talking about, unfortunately, is juxtaposed with this
1: shite. Yeah, it's this stupid Miss Twin Peaks stuff that nobody could possibly care about. So, yeah. Squiggy is the choreographer, and he's having all the ladies of the Miss Twin Peaks contest put on their best 80s uh, workout video attire. <laughs>
2: Let's get physical, physical.
1: Oh, They were letting us hear their bodies talk. Um, (laughs) So we have a meeting of the judges, which is the stupid mayor that nobody cares about. No Um, one cares about the mayor. Nope. Norma and uh, Dick Tremaine, who nobody cares about. Dick. Yeah. Like, he's not even awful enough to hate to watch. I just don't care yeah um so anyway dick tremaine uh are, are the three judges uh the those folks and they're having a little confab about uh what they want from uh the miss twin peaks judging and you know norma's trying to class it up a little bit and even dick tremaine to his his credit isn't all like we should show off their racks and whatnot it's just the mayor who's kind of the old curmudgeon about it
0: yeah, he's like, you fuck my wife, you fuck my wife, you fuck my wife,
1: you yeah, fuck
0: my wife, <laughs> pretty much like, and you fuck my wife, and you fuck my wife, it's, it's Oprah, and you get to fuck my wife, you get to fuck my wife, and you get to fuck my wife, everyone gets to fuck my wife as long as she is the winner, um,
1: and yeah, and and so speaking of Lana, who is the mayor's would be bride, uh, who's the the much too young woman for him um is seducing dick tremaine like as uh calls him into basically a utility closet and tries to seduce him by just grinding on him a little bit which is fine that was usual work for me and uh and then we end on a dick joke where like he's got this flashlight aimed at his face and he's like what are you looking for in here and then she grabs his dick i guess and he says oh i think you found it it's <laughs> uh it's beneath us ah it's beneath you found us. my little richard uh, so bad but that's his
0: dick so he can't call his dick dick it has to be richard it's little richard uh, i put far too much oh. thought
1: on that <laughs> was that your little richard I'll, yeah that's as good that's as amazing it.
0: I wouldn't even attempt it, so I'm so proud that you did. I, yeah, um, <laughs> it was
1: worth a shot. Sorry, everyone.
0: <laughs> that was really good. i Don't be sarcastic. I know my default sound is sarcasm, right? I can't help that. Uh, but actually, it was quite good. Um, so, yeah, we're leaving this scene. Um, part of me wishes we'd never go back to that scene, but unfortunately, that we don't always get what we want. Um, and we're taken back. We're taken back, though to a time where there was one man, one man with the FBI, and that man had a voice recorder, and he used to record tapes, tapes to a certain woman called Diane. And we get that, we get our Diane, we get Coop talking to Diane first, in I think about three episodes, and, you know, he's just keeping her up to date, knows, uh, says basically that he knows that Wyndham is searching for the Black Lodge, he needs to find it before he does, and then he starts talking about Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Um,
2: mm. I,
0: you know, I, I mustn't do it. Mustn't do it. He starts talking about Annie. Uh, don't do it, Duncan. Don't do it, Bo. Uh, let's keep it together. How's Annie. Nope, no, no, nope, no, nope, nope. no. Stop no. it! Stop uh, it! And, and just just as he's going, just as he's talking about, you know how how much of a shmating, kitten he is. Um, that's when that's when the door goes and he opens the door and who's there.
1: Well, it's of course Don't do it, Paul. Annie. And no. <laughs> well done. Oh. Uh, so she shows up Struggle. and is uh having uh reservations about being in the Miss uh, Twin Peaks contest and and wanted to speak in particular with Agent Cooper who had just been all Schmidt Kitten with... uh Schmitt and Kitten. You do it way better than <laughs> I do. So, uh, but it being all that way with uh, talking to Diane and saying, like, she's this wholly original person and she reacts to things like a child, but she's very much a woman and, you know, all this stuff. And so when she shows up and is like, hey, I want to talk to you about this speech I have to write. I don't know uh, what I'm going to say. Or maybe do you just wanna do it? And it's <laughs> kinda of how she puts it. And uh Agent Cooper is like, I believe I would, yes. And so they do. And we get a little hooking up with uh Agent Cooper and Annie. <laughs> <laughs> <Double. clears
0: throat> do
1: I, you resist. I will. Resist. All
0: right, all right, all right. You're You're it's fine. it's hard think.
1: to believe that's this episode tonight that we're getting to this like it that seems so far away weirdly and
0: yeah, it, it does feel strange it doesn't I don't feel like we've we've earned it yet
1: we have clearly not we have not dredged <laughs> through the curtains to get there
0: yeah um, so now we jump to another storyline that is trundling on hey no <laughs> I'm a good wrestler. Yeah, well, we are at Big Ed's house, and we are, you know, most people will show their holiday snaps, you know, where they've been. You know, we went to Hawaii. Do you know that they say hello and goodbye the same way? It's the same word. Um, no, not in this. We're, we're getting the the greatest highlight reel wrestling hits of our, our very own Coma Hulk um, as she. Talks in detail about the, the 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 posteriors of young men and how she very very quickly destroys them.
2: He was last walk. year's state champion. I literally <laughs> tore his arm from his body. You can see the cartilage in everything.
0: And um, meanwhile, we have. Mike, who's sitting kind of uncomfortable. Jacoby, who is great to see Jacoby. Any scene with Jacoby, I'm quite happy. Um, uh, you know, he's kind of, let's follow this through to its fruition. And Big Ed and Nadine are sitting on the couch, very much in love. And you know, it's, they, they, can't, they still can't use the word divorce, because the last time they did that, Nadine went blind in her good eye. Um, so <laughs> the, the, so cool. you know, <laughs> it really is. So, um, they're talking about their their separation, and um, you know Ed just, uh, comes out with it. He's like that. You know what? Uh, Nadine, Ed, me and Norma are, are getting married, and Nadine like is like, well that's wonderful because me and Mike are getting married, and then we hear the sound of bones crushing as she essentially crushes Mike's hand in old school nadine rage which is still right. bubbling underneath the surface. This is like old nadine but you know it's in there but it's not there bro.
1: Uh, yeah I mean she she coma hulks him and I you know in fairness the sound design is real fun on this. It's the real like twist in the celery kind of oh, yeah. cracking. It's pretty fun. Um, But yeah so it's more of Ed playing the so, uh, am I cool, Dr. Jacoby? Like, legally, am I good to get the fuck out of here with Norma? And Dr. Jacoby is, uh, more fascinated with the case than anything. And, um, yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, then, uh, Major Briggs emerges, uh, from the woods like some kind of mangy beaver. Yeah, he's oh, tits. Yeah, he is. Not in a good place. And uh fortunately, out on patrol. Fresh off a kill, probably. <laughs> is one tippity hawk. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, the fuck is going on with the major. <laughs> so he stops, drags him out of the sheriff's station. Um Major Briggs is on a bad trip. Oh yeah,
0: a, a super bad trip. He's talking about things that don't make sense.
1: Yeah, so uh Agent Cooper is questioning him, trying to get uh more information about like where where he was, where Winnemere could be found. Uh Sheriff Truman is just looking on and uh marveling, I would argue, at how jacked major Briggs is like he's <laughs> you know it, it's what the hyperidol or whatever it uh the the antipsychotic uh was that he's all jacked up on yeah and uh anyway so they're trying to get some information out of him and we get a cutaway because this is ultimately important although I think they tease it a little bit too long um but deputy Andy keeps staring at this uh you know the hieroglyph and being like this means something <laughs> and uh but agent cooper meanwhile is laying down to uh sheriff truman all the stuff about like look you know what we believe to be the case is that you know we have to be at this location at a specific time and that's where andy kind of chimes in although he doesn't do the total reveal but that's where we're headed um so let's get to some grabassery.
0: assery <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean this this next scene is pure gold ball. Well, um, gold.
1: it i would argue this is a a fun scene it's it it feels so out of place in in some uh in some ways considering the rest of the episode but anyway so uh pete martell and uh andrew packard are still trying to crack into uh the the silver box that is yeah. the box within a box within a box within a box that was left by um uh, the handsome mr jones or mrs jones um and oh
0: did someone say box
1: <laughs> no no Not this time. Although they are eating breakfast and it looks delicious. Uh, Mm, Breakfast,
2: you say? Delicious? Nutritious?
1: It's the best way to start your day (laughs) of evil. Most
0: important meal of the
1: day, you say?
0: What is that? Flapjacks with maple
1: syrup and granola? Your pancakes are legendary, even in hell. <laughs>
0: Your high-fiber diet makes me go to the
1: toilet endlessly. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds unpleasant. Yeah, you and need to watch that fiber. And hard to get that all that leather on and off.
0: It really is. That's why he wears assless chaps. Oh, well, sure. His yes. ring's just out all the time, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only we titled episodes. Um,
0: <laughs> we used to. We just can't do it now.
1: Yeah, we've we've committed to something now. Um, so, uh, what what the hell were we talking? Oh yeah, see you next yeah. Tuesday. Kevin Martell is like, what the fuck are you two doing?
0: She is literally like that. She is the mum. Of the scene,
1: yeah, and they're just like they've got the thing in a vice, and they're hitting it with a hammer, and they've got drills and a stick of dynamite, and I mean, yeah. it, they're just Looney Tunesing it up, and then finally,
0: so much Acme products in this scene,
1: <laughs> right? Well, they paid for a good portion of the, the, the second season. Um, <laughs> it's all the product placement, like you have the Acme Sawmill. Yeah, goes up like a (laughs) tinderbox. Anyway, um, but finally Andrew Packard uh, just like whips out a gun. Yeah, how very
0: American of him.
1: Yeah, like (laughs) Hank's dad on uh, uh, King of the Hill. Yep. Uh, Anyway, pulls out a gun and just shoots the box, which actually does the trick. (laughs) Like works. Surprise, surprise! You know this once again. This show.
0: Just reinforcing some of those stereotypes that guns work.
1: Yes. And
0: solve all problems.
1: When posed with a problem, shoot at it. <laughs>
0: Yeehaw! <laughs> he is like the, the Texan <laughs> from, from fucking The Simpsons. Oh, so, you got so a funny. box you
1: need opened? <laughs> Woohoo! Just twirling Yeehaw! guns on his fingers. I'll open uh. anything with these two six shooters. <laughs> pow, pow, pow. Um, he
2: op-
0: they, they open it and there's a key inside um, and then there's a bit of well you know who gets the key well no one gets the key well how can we trust anyone with the key right. and the I have it every is- other
1: day you get every yeah. other weekend
0: <laughs> I get it from 10 o'clock till 2 you can have it from 2 till 6 and then no one gets it um, until 10 again and then I get it for half an hour and then I swap with you um, and then no one touches it for a fortnight that is the law. Yeah. Um. That, that's how we're doing things. And um. Yeah. So uh, you know they, they put in there and you know the the um peaks <laughs> of that. Do you not know, like trust each other? I'm like, oh well, you know we are brother and sister, and we're like that's right. These two are brother and sister, despite the fact that there is a horrible age difference between the two of them. Neither of them look alike, and their accents are wrong. Um. Yeah.
1: But other than that, it it's excellent casting
0: fucking staring in a mirror (laughs) it really is
1: um but so see you next tuesday Catherine martell is like look none of us can trust any of the others so we're gonna put this in the least safe location possible which is here in the middle of the table in this cake saver and not secured in any way i mean anybody can just come in at any time and lift the lid and grab the key but that's where we're gonna keep it we're gonna, and,
0: that's where we're going to keep it. And we are now officially saying goodbye to see you next Tuesday.
1: I know. It's very sad. No
0: more scenes. What an unceremonious exit for a character who has had a lot of time in season two. <laughs> like David Lynch is like, I'm not interested in this story anymore. Pow, out the way. Next.
1: <laughs> Most <like>, uh, honourable <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>
0: He, he speaks to Piper Laurie, sits her down and says, like, that's that's your last scene. That's you out now. Um, and then later on, Tajimura appears like, as an extra in the back. She's just doing anything to get more screen time.
1: <laughs> right, right. right. Um, yes,
0: yeah, so, that would be fantastic. <laughs> well, we can't do that voice either anymore. We have decided that's what for Brimley's voice. Don't make me break at the Brimley vote. Uh,
1: you're right, you're right. Alright, so, uh... Oh, yeah. Donna. Donna, jeez. So, Donna is uh, getting ready for the uh, Miss Twin Peaks pageant as well, and is being a real see you next Tuesday.
0: Yeah, she's like that. You've given me nothing to do in this whole fucking season, and now there is a bit of a story, but it's a stupid story, and I don't want to play your games anymore. And by the way, if you ever make a movie... I will not be there. You can recast me with someone
1: else. That's right. I said it. Yep. Especially if you're asking me to show my titties. Get those titties up. Get those titties up. Yeah. Laura Flynn Boyle wasn't having that shit. So No,
0: she's too classy for that.
1: She is. Uh, To her credit. Um, So, yeah. It's Donna uh, marching down the steps. And her parents... Like, this is what I don't like about this scene. Is it makes Donna seem so cruel. Because her parents are just like, have a good time at the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. You look beautiful. And she's like, really? Beautiful? Like your lies? And they're like, what the... (laughs) We were just (laughs) gonna say have a good time.
0: Yeah, that statement doesn't even make sense, Donna. What are you doing?
1: Have a good time? (laughs) Like your lies? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that maybe you should have
0: spent more time in school instead of gallivanting around with James. (laughs)
1: Like your lies? (laughs) And yeah, and it's it's her like kind of hating on her parents, which I I don't know. I guess just I'm at the old man age where I'm like, you know what? Why why would you ever tell a child that? And unless you had to, yeah. Because at a certain point, it's like, well, this information would do nothing but harm them. And I'm not saying that's the right decision, but it's a a, a totally understandable decision to make for a child. And you know, and. Again, they're also like, how about we talk about this after this Miss Twin Peaks thing? And she's like, we'll talk about it later if you're not too busy lying. <laughs> and you're just like, geez, Donna. The, pass, the piece, God damn it. <laughs> pass the peace, goddammit. Pass the peace. <laughs> Donna, pass the peace. <laughs> Give the goddamn peace to your mother. This oh, bowl whoa. is Please, just, just one big collection of little green lies. Lies. Just pass them. Pass those lies, goddammit. Pass the
0: lies, goddammit. <laughs> anyway. Um, stupid. Uh, so was... stupid. But I think, yeah, this seems the, uh, let's just get rid of this scene. Well, let's go back yeah. to Coop.
1: Yep. So, um... We get uh, a moment with Deputy Andy where he's like, Why is the 4 H on this map, Agent Cooper? And mm-hmm. Agent Cooper is like, That's not 4 H, dummy. That's actually this other symbol. And, uh, but anyway, he's like, Well, this is going to be um, Mars. Was it Mars and Saturn or Jupiter and.
0: It's Jupiter and Saturn.
1: Jupiter and Saturn uh, are in conjunction. Yeah. Concentrating their, their powers, which. So, basically, you have to go to the Black Lodge when Jupiter and Saturn are aligned.
0: Yeah, which only happens between January and June.
1: Right. Which seems like a big window. I'm glad it's not like, and it's happening tonight. I'm glad that yeah, it's that realistic would be enough. Bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it would make a lot of sense as well because in the timeline of the show, we haven't actually been in Twin Peaks all that long. You know, it feels like we've been in Twin Peaks for years, but we haven't really. Um, I mean, we solved Laura Palmer's uh, murder within the first two weeks. And since then, I imagine that only a couple of weeks have passed in terms of a timeline. So, uh, yeah, it would make sense that whatever evil entity is out there wreaking havoc and doing what it's doing from, from the Black Lodge, then... You know that time frame makes perfect sense, so I I, I like that as well. I, I I would feel aggrieved if this was one of these and it only happens once every ten years. And it's happening tonight. Yeah. Um. It would just it wouldn't work. So um we, we get this um we get like, while all this is happening um Major Briggs is just once again spewing out nonsense um but he does come to a point where he talks about um love and fear. And this great revelation is then made that if fear opens the Black Lodge, then maybe love opens the White Lodge. Right. Um, and
1: Agent then Cooper, Cooper is, grabs Harry and is like, Freddy hates fire and <laughs> Jason hates water.
0: <laughs>
1: and the audience groans. Well, uh, <laughs> well, what's funny about it is like, Sheriff Truman is like, how do you know that? And which is a perfectly understandable question. And Agent Cooper's response is, I don't know, it just came to me. Which means, we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> Which means it was written on a post-it note and passed me three seconds before I said to him, like, see this.
1: <laughs> right, like somebody was like, oh shit, we forgot to have that thing where Agent Cooper knows how to open the door.
0: <laughs> passed him. But, like, Coop's just like, he is Tom Cruise and Minority Report, but like in his head, just moving pieces of the puzzles all round with his hands, and he eventually like goes to the next step. He's like, "Well, this is this is what's happening. This is the, the this is the deadly chess game, you know. Arrow needs to take the queen, and you know at that point Harry's like, "Well, to win chess, did not you have to take the king?" He's like, "Well, no, 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 not not necessarily. He's going to take the queen, um, and their fear is what's going to open the door. But who's the queen? How do we find out who the queen is? And then." both of them look at each other about the same time and say the miss twin peaks contest and we're like aha eureka moment meanwhile andy is like you know asian cooper and they're like not now andy he's like asian cooper and they're like not now i
1: got i I gotta say the like queen crown miss twin peaks like that whole scene i also think is kind of dumb
0: as we don't need like for the investigation thus far, which we have really, we have used Tibetan mysticism. We have used actual really good police work in previous episodes. It is just you know white equals love, black equals bad. You know, it's it's the like yin and yang. It's, it's too It's two on the nose. You know, right. it's too simplistic that, for the, the story, which has been not convoluted, but has been barely three-dimensional this is a very two-dimensional scene
1: yeah and that's really basic but this whole like well this crown in this hieroglyph clearly is connected to the miss twin peaks pageant i'm like i don't look i'm with you on the throwing the rocks at the bottles but that seems a like a stretch um yeah but you know what are you gonna do we got to wrap this up. And so we've got to get all these characters in motion and headed towards the ultimate confrontation between Windham Earl and Agent Cooper. And they're going to shoot it out on the street like a good old-fashioned TV show. And uh, that's all going to happen in the next episode. So, um, yeah, so did we talk about the bug?
0: I suppose we should. Um, during the, the, the kind of conversations and the tussle, etc., um, they're moving around and accidentally the the bonsai tree is knocked off the, the table. It smashes down and they realise that it's actually not just a bonsai tree, it has a bug which has been planted, a listening device, to, at which point, could, once again, super slick that he is, um, although the writing's on the wall with this one, it's fairly academic. It says, you know, uh, Josie did not send you, this one's actually, this is one of the work. Which means he has been listening to us, which means he's one step ahead of us now.
1: Yep. And just to prove that point, let us turn our attention to the Miss Twin Peaks pageant proper. Mm -hmm. uh, Where we have a a big opening number where all the ladies of Twin Peaks perform Putting on the Ritz with Gene Wilder um then lucy has a special fancy dance uh she does the
0: splits in this dance i'll I'll tell you what considering she's pregnant
1: she is actually a good dancer like it's clearly one of those things where like as an actress as a person that's just a skill she has so she does a little dance and it's actually quite good and meanwhile uh we've got um squiggy kind of coming on to the log lady a little bit (laughs)
0: she's having none of it
1: no 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 but bobby briggs who happens to be hanging out backstage
0: hey he's hanging out over here over here
1: i'm hanging out backstage over here (laughs) and uh shelly you know shelly's in and he's just hanging out i guess with her and so he notices the log lady and is like hey there's that crazy broad with the log and whatnot and then he looks backstage you know away from margaret and sees her again uh kind well, of silhouetted yeah, in a doorway
0: a smaller dumpier
1: version uh well you if you thought to yourself listeners could that possibly be Windham Earl, master of disguise <laughs> Give yourself a cookie. That's exactly what's going on. Winemere, oh, master of disguise, has decided to become, assume the form of the Log Lady, seemingly just to knock out Bobby Briggs.
0: Yeah, no, he, he has assumed <laughs> this. He has assumed this this look. Um, I mean, he's he's a intelligent guy. He has chosen someone who is physically a lot taller and a lot skinnier than him to dress up in a disguise. Now he could have picked. Don't know Pete Martel, who's a character very much the same size, same build, and not that dissimilar in looks to him. Um and that would have been fine. But no, let's go for a character who's is any excuse to dress up like a woman again.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just his thing. He just likes it. Um He finds skirts green. <laughs> uh but yeah, so he he clunks him in the head with a log and Bobby's like oh my head over here and goes <laughs> down like a here. sack of potatoes hey I'm knocked out down here um <laughs> 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 and uh and so then we we cut away from that back to the uh Miss Twin Peaks uh pageant where everyone's doing their individual talents and Lana the sexy lady of the show um, is doing a sexy little belly dance, and uh, the judges, the guys, are like, whoo, ooh, ooh a ooga, right? And then that's it. Um, that's, yeah, that's
0: kind of But in the, in the backdrop of this, Donna, still not happy, uh, still walking around with a face like Fizz, which is an old-fashioned Scottish expression. <laughs> a, um,
1: a, a face like Fizz? Yeah, a face like
0: Fizz. Okay. F I Z Z. So if you imagine, like, Fizz. (laughs) Right, right, like soda Fizz. Yeah, a face like that. Just. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Alright. Like, not not a happy face. Um, It doesn't have to make sense, it's Scottish. Um, So she's walking around with a face like Fizz, Um, not, not happy at all, and then she spies one Benjamin Horn, who is his daughter audrey horn she's done her speech save the planet etc etc it gives her a hug she goes off and um she confronts him and she's like i listen i want to know what's going on and he's like i don't think now is the time he's like that no i think it is the fucking time i think you tell me why you've been harassing my mum. what's going on why is there so many pictures of you upstairs in my you know, attic or as we call it in the uk a loft. um what you know? I don't know why I'm doing that now, but I'm just
1: doing that now for yeah. my UK peeps. I think um, I think it's because we have uh, somehow landed the show in the educational category on iTunes, and we have to do a certain <laughs> amount of that every episode now. I don't know how it happened. Oh, we'll get dropped. We'll but, get dropped. <laughs> right, but and we're pulling down big education numbers. Like nobody's noticed that it's not too smart. So <laughs> uh, yeah, keep it up.
0: Yeah. So a. Uh, so in the, in the attic, she's found all these pictures, and he seems to be in quite a lot of them. She found her birth certificate, um, and there's no father marked there. And she kind of knows where it's going, and he's just like that, you know, I, I want you to tell me the truth, and he's like that, um, well, your, your mother, and I, and she can't even let him say the words, she's like that, you're my father, isn't it? That's it, right, well, fuck. And then she basically walks off. Um, and that It's almost the last we see of Donna as a character. We will have a glorious scene later on. uh, But yeah, it's like that. There are no winners here. This is a storyline that we predicted a while ago because the writing was on the wall and this is now the revelation of it and it just doesn't feel earned at all. It feels clumsy and this could have been done the first time Benjamin Horn visited the mother. We could have had that storyline wrapped up by now. Why it's trundled on in the background is beyond me. Uh, but it's gone now, thank God.
1: Well, speaking of stories we don't care about, Duncan, it's time for Lu- Lucy to pick uh the father of her child, mm-hmm. uh her battered and bruised child after those splits she pulled on stage, a <laughs> yeah. child that is more than likely damaged physically or mentally. um And it's of course Andy, because how could it? be Dick Tremaine. You know, th- yeah, well, this uh, is not Game of Thrones. Duncan. Yeah. I love, she's I love not married how, for land.
0: <laughs> I love uh, Dick Tremaine's reaction to this one is uh, Operation Dodge the Bullet. Um, Thank he's
1: God like, I'm out of this storyline. Yeah, he, it
0: shakes, shakes both her hands, disappears. Uh, Lucy makes a slight like kind of under her breath call, you know, feel, feel sorry about her, you know, don't upset her. And then, uh, Then Andy's still desperately trying to speak to Agent Kipper, and he's like, this is great, I'm so happy right now, but I actually have to go. Uh, I have police stuff to do, and, you know, if you didn't know, we're going to wrap this up. Um, And she's like, all right, fine, whatever. Men, all these men, just doing their usual thing. Um, And Andy disappears. Uh, But meanwhile, we cut to the stage, and Annie's now reciting this... This fantastic monologue about Native Americans. Um, it is awful. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Because um, I listen to everyone's tearing up, and I'm like, that. This is gibberish and nonsense. And you've had better dialogue in this show, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah. What happened I with the memo? I
1: can't don't believe Nadine it. didn't win with her scream shrieking <laughs> rendition of Billie Jean.
0: Well, you, you think that, but the fact that she followed it up with her Mongolian throat singing. Um, <laughs> You know, which was a, a joy to hear. Three tones, um, all screechy.
1: The triple uh, war she can do.
0: It's <laughs> 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 someone someone drowning, Nadine. Uh,
2: that <laughs> means coconut!
0: While <laughs> <laughs> all this is happening, Winda Meryl, in the least convincing disguise of all time, uh, is, is up in the rafters, kind of looking down, uh, watching the action. Uh, and of course Annie finishes her how was it? No no don't do it, don't do it. Uh, she finishes her speech and um uh, like stands back and the doc stands up on stage. like that well but that's the end of the pageant. It literally has taken five minutes of screen time but has been in the story now for the last four episodes. And that's the culmination of it all. We're gonna pick a winner. And everyone's like, yay and then the the announce who the winner is. And that winner is none other than Bo.
1: It's... Annie. <laughs> how... how
0: mm. don't, don't
1: do it. Mm. Fight it, Bo. You
0: can fight it. Fight it.
1: Alright, alright. I'm good. I'm good. You're good. Whew.
0: I was close. It was very, very oh. close. We're, we're almost there.
1: Alright, alright.
0: It's almost there. If, I think if you feel yourself needing to do it, you should just think to yourself, what would Billy Zane say? Oh. <sighs> That was creepy. Hells. Don't no, See, no, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, let's let's concentrate here because we and a winner. It's 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 that woman. It's, it's her. Uh, it's her. It's her. It's her. Oh, it's obviously her because this is Twin Peaks and that's the way the story has to be because she has to be the queen. And she has to be Dale's queen, or this whole thing has been pointless. Um, and just as she's getting crowned. The most elaborate kidnapping setup in the history of man <laughs> kicks off. First, like the lights go out, then extreme strobe lights go off, then smoke bombs start going off. There's pyrotechnics. Everyone's running about the place. Kansas plays
1: play. a song.
0: <laughs> encore. Encore. Uh,
1: it's, <laughs> it's 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 full on encore in an amphitheater. It's that smoky and everyone's that sweaty.
0: Yeah, they they came out. They played "Carry On, My Wayward Son," uh, a tear in the, the eye. The long audience. version. Yeah, the long, long version. Um, and whilst all this is going on, um, a maniacally dressed uh, <laughs> Wondermarl is behind um, our heroine, uh, trying to kidnap her. And Dale can obviously see it. And Dale's moving forward, but like something from the original Batman TV show, Windermere has the most elaborate. Like remote control device uh, in his hands with all these different color buttons, he presses them. A, a explosion goes off in Cooper's face, and that gives him enough time to kidnap Cooper's girlfriend.
2: Yes, uh, that's, yes that's the,
0: the way, the way to do it. Now. Yeah, that's the only way we can do it. Is she um, okay? <laughs> Bo. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Cheeky, cheeky, uh, and yeah, that's kind of at the end. I mean, Cooper's. Like we need to go find her. Um, yeah. Sheriff Truman's there with him, and then Andy finally gets to deliver his message. But what is Andy's message?
1: Agent Cooper. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's really good. God. Oh, what it's... is it? It's not a, a, a. Oh, I forgot the line. I know the the last part of it. Uh, uh, what is it? It's not a. Uh, fuck it. It's, it's not a tumor? M- huh? <laughs> a, not tumor? a tumor. It's not at all. Uh but he's like uh Oh I know what it okay, I remember now. Agent Cooper, it's not a puzzle, it's a map. And there, there ended the, the uh the episode.
0: The lesson. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, ended the lesson.
0: Um so so we well, we do like a bit of episode trivia, so I'll kick in a little bit of episode trivia because essentially for those out there that don't know um, this was actually, the, it's the second last episode as we know it, but these episodes were spiced together, the last two, into a two-hour season finale, which aired on Monday, 10th of June, which is my brother's birthday uh, in 1991, nearly two months after the previous episode had aired. It only aired that way once, as in syndication, Netflix, etc., including the Blu-ray that I have, it is split up to the way it was intended to originally be shown. Um, some more trivia. If the character of Audrey seemed annoyed at having to be forced to do Miss Twin Peaks pageant, that's because she wasn't acting. It was genuine. Uh, actress Shirley... I can't say her name. Sherilyn Pien, um thought that the entire Miss Twin Peaks plotline was dated and sexist. And guess what? I agree with her. <laughs> like, 100%. Uh-huh. Uh, Yep, yeah, she refused to do any of the dancing, which answers a question I had. Watched this time around, is why I could not see Donna in any. Eh, not Donna, but I couldn't see. Um, Audrey. I can't
2: remember
1: her
0: name. Audrey, fucking hell! I know, uh, I
1: know. We we got we got the brains tonight.
0: Yeah, uh, why you couldn't see Audrey at all until she delivered her speech, and then she doesn't participate in it afterwards. So yeah, that was the only scene she wanted to do because she didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, Lucy's whole dance routine, Bo. Was actually pretty amazing, um, and that's because she is uh, an actual trained dancer. So, it was like you said, skills yo. Um, so mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, third appearance of Mr. Pinkle on the show. That's like literally useless, except he was the insurance representative uh, from, uh, and also was involved with the Pine weasel presentation. So apparently, he's just an actor who will just be given anything to do in this show. Why not? Uh, I mean, who cares? Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's that's all the trivia here. There's some, there's a bit of trivia about tarantulas, but I'm not going into that. Um,
1: why? What? what what's is, wrong the, with the tarantula trivia?
0: Oh, here we go, fucking hell. Uh, she says although Wyndham Earl leaves Leo Johnson with the threat of multiple tarantulas, the bite of a tarantula isn't known to be deadly.
1: Yeah, I knew that.
0: <laughs> so just mildly annoying
1: yeah yeah i know like <laughs> tarantulas <laughs> look hairy and scary uh hairy, we call it in spider yep. circles um <laughs> yeah but they're not terribly venomous the like the the rule of thumb is the smaller the spider is the the more dangerous it probably is
0: now, there is one thing we need to touch on that we skipped over very, very quickly. And um, the only reason we need to touch on it is because it appears in the next episode as a culmination to something that's been going on for a while. Um, as during the 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 mental scenes of strobe lights and all the rest, uh, a sandbag dropped from the ceiling and smacked Nadine in the head.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, th- that is important. That will come into play in the next episode. But yeah, it's when Windam is doing his business uh and you know ow she gets clobbered (laughs) right in the head and and you know because most of her storyline is a sitcom um much like the Josie packard story uh when she had to become see you next tuesday catherine martell's maid for three Mm -hmm. episodes um yeah, it's just you could see this coming a mile away, but when it happens, I'm kind of okay with it. Strangely, maybe not so strangely because David Lynch. Spoilers: David Lynch directed the next episode. Um, yeah,
0: which which I think I think we can I, I, let's let's just let like, we usually talk about. I don't like the episode is a great setup for the final episode. Um, it. Kind of has to deal with a lot of inherited nonsense that's happened some of the previous episodes. It gets through it timely, and really not a lot of it carries over to the final episode. So we do tie up a couple of loose ends, but to be honest with you, they don't feel as obnoxious as they had in the past, because we know we'd never have to see them again. Um, yeah. I, I, I dig it. I dig it. I think it's really, really, really good. Um, and it, it sets the stage. It clears the board, so to speak, for the return of our famous partnership and duo behind this show um, because the last episode written by Mark Frost, directed by David Lynch
1: Duncan, our, uh, as you mentioned, our final episode this evening uh, is entitled Beyond Life and Death it is directed by one David Lynch you may remember him from other projects like <laughs> Dune uh and you know, The Elephant Man and Lost Highway uh
0: in particular if you're watching this one very much um a little movie called Blue Velvet.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. There
0: is a scene there is a scene in this one with someone singing which is almost verbatim from Blue Velvet. Um eerily similar. Um and why not? It's a great fucking movie, so why not use it in the TV show? works great
1: yep and it is directed by or i'm sorry written by mark frost as you said but also harley payton and robert Ingalls uh stalwarts of the show yep
0: and also david lynch
1: well sure i mean there's a, well,
0: there's a bit of trivia but which i'll bring at the end
1: all right all right uh teasing the
0: listeners tease them
1: so we begin at the sheriff's station. Oh, I'm so excited about this! All right, this so. is
0: this is go- this is going to be awesome. I'm like like genuinely pumped to I to talk about, or even just begin to try and describe some of the scenes in this episode because they are difficult to to comprehend, let alone try and verbalize.
1: Yeah, this will be an exercise in the English language to some extent. (laughs) Um, We may have to, at certain points, ask David Lynch
0: what he was asking from the actors and actresses during the scenes to get his real impressions of what was going on.
1: All right, all right. Um, So let's start with some weirdness and get weirder. Uh, We're in the sheriff's station, and Agent Cooper is putting together uh the fact that uh the the phrase firewalk with me the the uh, it has a relation to one portion of this hieroglyph. Um, yep. we're we're closing in now that we know it's a map. We're closing in on some understanding of where the map is leading us. Yeah. And in verse, Pete Martel. Uh shouting Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> And
0: it's a great game for the PlayStation, which isn't out yet. But when it does come out, you should play it.
1: It's really revolutionary. Um, <laughs> no, he he comes Rock in. Rockstar
0: Games, keep your eye on them; they're going to be huge.
1: Also, invest in Apple. I'm from the. I'm Pete from the future. <laughs> Pete from the future. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. Under no circumstances should you book a flight. Oh, God. All right, let's just stop there. <laughs> yeah, um, let's not do that. <laughs> not, do that. <laughs>
0: not this show, but that's no. for the conspiracy show coming up after Twin Peaks.
1: What, like when we get into the Alex Jones third act of our Twin Peaks viewing? I
0: can't wait to get to that. But uh, in fact, I have been practicing religiously about it. Um, because but, but the little yeah.
1: man is actually an arm, <laughs> Duncan. He's an arm.
0: All right. Um, so wait, wait till you get to season three, boy. Uh, I I you've already seen it. Already a little,
1: a little, eh, a little nibble. Um, nibble. Little. Nibble. Like I, I, I took the Ritz cracker of season three, and I gave it just a little nibble, and just mm, delicious. But I'm, I'm not ready for the whole thing yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly we, we I love how like we jumped in very very quickly. We we jumped over one tiny little bit, bit of detail and we kinda need to do this because it is a farewell to Lucy as a character. Um yeah, Andy and Lucy have a brief conversation. It's pretty shit. It's um, just hey,
1: remember what happened last episode?
0: Yeah. And it's all about the baby and no one yeah. cares. Um and that is Lucy now out of the show. <laughs> Lucy is gone. Yeah. Bye Lucy. Um but Wild. yeah, you're right. While they're looking at the petroglyph, though, what I love is the fact that it actually starts to... like, When you start looking at it with a bit more detail, there is clear things on there that link to the story that you've been watching. So there is actually, in the top left-hand corner, a giant figure holding hands with a small figure. Um, so that'll be the giant and the man from the other place. Um which you know of that. oh of course that's there right i didn't notice that earlier on but it's all it's all coming together bro. it's all coming together because this is the final episode
1: yep we gotta wrap things up <laughs> and uh so <laughs> p martell is like margaret hit or actually he calls her the log lady which is pretty great the log lady stole my truck and uh uh agent cooper is quick to say uh margaret didn't steal your truck she will be here in exactly one minute
0: which is amazing it's
1: <laughs> real good shaman like it's so funny because i'm so i'm so fickle because that like you know crown queen twin peaks miss twin peaks contest that bothers me but him just yeah. be stating matter-of-factly like, margaret will be here in one minute i'm well, like that's totally fine
0: Twin so yeah that's twin peaks so twin peaks has set up this this world this universe Where he can do that, and we just accept that. But when something feels like too on the nose, it's you know, it's it it almost feels inorganic for the justification of its use. Whereas like nonsense feels organic. And Twin Peaks is weird. I'm with you on that one. Like he just says that, you're just like, oh,
1: right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, of course he will be. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so what we glean from this is that. Master of Disguise And not Margaret uh, <laughs> Wendell Merle uh, Stole Pete's truck With I got your truck y'all Hey everyone
0: to about.
1: I, I took his truck <laughs> I don't even feel bad about y'all um, Vroom vroom I love my
0: voice I love that voice
1: I'm in fourth gear and I should be in fifth. I don't even care. <laughs> His transmission's all but shy. It's just She's just a, the kind of evil you can get with Winda Merle.
0: Just like the next level of evil lunacy.
1: <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's big and small. Evil comes in all sizes.
0: He was at the Double R, double R earlier on, <laughs> swapping sugar and the salt shaker.
1: Somebody's gonna be looking for something sweet and ooh, salty. (laughs) (laughs) How you like that on your pancakes? Not a bit, I bet.
0: Oh, Oh, that's amazing. Is that syrup or just
1: good old fashioned Coca Cola? Mm, them waffles look soggy now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, Double R. My work is done. When the Merle strikes again. <laughs>
0: Friday.
2: Oh, God.
0: Uh, so, yeah, so, so while they're going through all this, <laughs> so good, man, honestly. So, I kind of feel like we could have used that voice weeks and weeks ago, and I would still be happy that we just did that there. That's the sort of voice you just never get tired of. Okay. I don't know. It, it
1: feels... Imagine where we could take
0: that character by now if we used that voice earlier.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So Pete Martell is coming out. <laughs> no, no, don't, do it, don't do it. He's do got fishing pole and. Uh, no,
0: we can't go back. All right. Can't go back now. We're too far in it. We're almost done. We're almost done. We can't go back.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. All
0: right. So, uh, so, like, basically tells <laughs> Pete, you know, like, by the way, I wasn't, no, uh, the, the, the log lady shows up on time. Like just chap, chap, chat, chat, chat the door. That'll be the log lady. She comes in, and he's like, aha, I knew it. Um, well, she bef- before
1: she comes in, though, there's the revelation of, oh, what we're looking for is Glastonbury G- Grove.
0: Yeah, and th- there's this, uh, this, I, like, this is very David Lynch, but at the same time, this is the bit that I don't necessarily like. So, they're like, Gl- Glastonbury G- Grove, this circle of trees the, next to the round table, and I'm like, really? really? Really?
1: Yeah, I can, I can leave that one, too. I don't. I don't care for that. that. We
0: don't. It's weird enough already. I I like. I like the fact. What I like about this one is there's kind of almost some level of like almost this kind of idea of spirituality, like linked with the kind of Native Americans and Twin Peaks that I really like. Do we need to bring English mysticism into this? No. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, why is this suddenly Halloween three where Stonehenge (laughs) is involved and? I've got one
0: of the actors in it, Bo.
1: We, we do, we do. <laughs> we do, one of the <laughs> finest actors in it. Um, but yeah, it and so, uh, Margaret then you know uh, rolls up into the sheriff's office and um, is get
0: this it, like tawdry scene where Pete's like, Margaret, you stole my van, <laughs>
1: like, right? Looking at him like, what? The, yeah, the <laughs> Pete, my log says you're crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: The log never lies.
1: Um, But she has brought with her, Duncan, an item left by her husband. Yes. And one gets the feeling that Margaret and her husband lived out in the woods and got probably a good glimpse of one lodge or to other more than they should have.
0: Yeah, I think there's a a reason that she seems to be hyper-tuned into the weirdness of Twin Peaks um and you get that feeling you get that sense that something something went down um and they they maybe know a a bit more but not necessarily know what they need to know so they have information they just don't know how to contextualize it um to make it of use to people out with these drips and drabs of information she gleams from conversations with the log um and she has a container with her that her husband left, and in this container there is a kind of brown oilish liquid, which is interesting. Delicious. It's <laughs> um, oil. Scene. Yep. And <laughs> what she he asks her what her husband where he got it from or what, what he called or whatever, and she said that he got it from the gateway in the woods shortly before his death.
1: So, what yeah. That
0: gateway in the woods could this be the entrance to the black lodge ball?
1: it certainly might be duncan uh and as if to uh provide further evidence that there is something crazy about this oil uh agent cooper uh has arranged for renette pulaski who uh listeners may remember as the other victim in the murder of uh laura palmer she wasn't killed she was just attacked and and was found wandering down the the train tracks and um yeah so they bring her in and they give her the uh you know little girl from them sniff test (laughs) and they're like does this smell like anything to you and she's like them um which was cool i like it i like the reference um but no she kind of flips out a little bit when she smells it which again suggests that she was black lodge adjacent at the very mm-hmm. least during the attack uh with Laura Palmer uh the, the 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 stink of the black lodge was upon the act yeah nice i like that so um yeah so we roll from that and we get to Windemere.
0: Yeah, mischievously driving uh, Pete's truck.
1: Yeah, just having some fun with it. I'm, I'm really grinding the gears on this one. Um,
0: <laughs> he's adjusting the rearview mirror.
1: He's, I'm making him. I changed all the presets on his radio station.
0: <laughs> let, let, let the windscreen wiper rush out. You know, let the water just let <laughs> right. all that washer fluid run right out.
1: I punctured it. It's been leaking out for miles. I'm a stinker, um, and he's there with uh, Annie, and
0: <laughs> I can't say her name yet. Oh, see, once we get to that scene, though, we're just—I can imagine it's going to be like a Gina.
1: Yeah, it's—we're going to lose our shit, Jaina. 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 China.
0: China, China,
1: China, China. All right.
0: Uh. love <laughs> well, you posted, you posted something online um, during the edit of your of the previous episode, which uh, previous episode of Duncan and Bow uh, where you basically said that that you loved that the fact that the show basically um, devolved into you making funny noises until I laughed.
1: Yeah, at you until you laughed, yeah.
0: Which is accurate, listening back to that, there are sections where you're just like, meh.
1: I know. <laughs> and, but you giggle until every time, and I can't stop <laughs> until, it.
0: Until I laugh, so you're just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is the show I wanted to be on.
1: It's uh, Yeah, it's really a competition uh, <laughs> that I have. With dream myself. realized. Um, yeah. Level up. <laughs> it's a, it, like, it was a... Uh, and one of those moments where, like, this is... Both a funny observation and entirely true. Oh. Um, at any rate, so um Earl, as if to provide further proof, Wyndham is like, come on now, Annie. Um, <laughs> time for you to come up to Glassberry Grove with me. And so he tugs her along, and then there's a weirdo moment where she's kind of struggling, and then when they get within kind of the the sphere of influence of this thing, uh, Annie goes all goofy in the head. Yep. And Winnemarle is like, see, you can't even run now. That's the Black Lodge for you. It does all kinds of crazy crazy things. And... (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 and then in a in an awesome moment uh the trees kind of fade in to the red curtains yeah that we recognize from uh what we knew before is the red room now the the black lodge and uh uh when a is like come on in. Annie, and it's time for us to go to the Black Lodge. It's gonna be a little weird. You're gonna disappear into nothing. It's kind of scary. And then he tugs her in after him, and they just disappear into yeah. And so
0: the curtains disappear as well. They yeah, into the ether.
1: So uh Earle has has found the the secret of location, fear, and. Time and has yeah. gained entry into the Black Lodge, which is rocking.
0: Yeah, because now, now he's in there, and I'm like, that, right, I, I want to be in there now. Let, let's get Coop in there. And this show is like, we know that's what you want. We know that is what you want. However, there's an elephant in this room, and that elephant
1: there's an eye patch. <laughs> yeah, it really is like David Lynch is like, be cool, everyone. We're getting there.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I love the fact that of all the things, like, David Lynch could have picked up to run with, like, I don't know, letting Leo survive or, you know, checking in with James or whatever it is. This is the one that gets priority.
1: Yeah. Okay, I mean, it, it. like, the way it's shot is cool uh, with, like, Ed and Norma dancing and kind of cutting up and really kind of rubbing Coma Hulk's face in it all. Mm-hmm. And and she's been, you know, as we know from the previous episode, she's been uh, conked on the noggin, which if you follow sitcom logic, if you're hitting the head and go all uh, all, all goofy, the, the real answer to that medical situation is to get conked a medical term in the head yeah. again, which will uh, ungoofify you is yeah. The, the no excellent. brain
0: damage will be received at the the risk of banging your head viciously twice.
1: Uh, right at all concussions nowhere in sight.
0: Um,
1: so, but like she's kind of gradually coming to this awareness that she's not a, a high schooler, and then you know, like Mike tries to put the moves on her. And she's like,
2: what are you doing?
1: <laughs> and he's like, it's cool, baby. And Ed, like, gets a sniff of what's happening in the corner. And he's like, yeah, it it's cool, baby. Why are... Oh, shit. Yeah. And...
0: Uh, he's They're really good, like... I, I will put it this way. Ed's acting, Norma's expression, and the way Nadine plays this I, is actually is above what this scene needs and i kind of like it
1: yeah it it's a really fun it's a great scene like we wasted a lot of time to get here yeah but uh it is a fun scene and again it's one of those scenes where because we gotta wrap it up um <laughs> it doesn't really end like it ends with nadine coming to her senses and realizing that she's an adult and she's married to ed and then she starts just taking off. And that's kind of where the scene ends.
0: Yeah. Is, it ends there. And that's the end of that story. And I, I, once again, well, well, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. That's, that's all the interest that David Lynch has to tell in that story. I'm, I'm happy with that. Bye everyone. Uh, <laughs> we say goodbye to Nadine. Bye to big Ed. Bye to Norma. And then we say hello to the doc uh, who is returning home. Uh, Donna is packing up to leave. Uh, she has had enough of all this foo um, She has a bag packed. And downstairs in the living room, our mum uh, confined to a wheelchair. And uh, Ben Horn are there. And they try and talk her out of going. And she's just like, I've had enough of these lies. Um, you know, this giant bowl of green lies. ball past the peas, Donna. Oh, um, just look. Li-
1: you mean like your lies everyone everyone here being a big liar but i'll I'll tell you as much as we're goofing on this again because it's david lynch at the helm this scene goes to a fucking place
0: oh yeah this one this one (laughs) this one ends and a wee when i'm just like this is just fucking nuts um so yeah, so she she gets ready to, to go. Uh, she opens uh, she opens the door, but the doc's there. The doc comes in. She grabs him and says, "You know, you're my father. You're my real father." And he's furious at Ben. He's like, "You just couldn't let go, could you, Ben?" you nicely came up to give a physical. my little word spoke to you like a man in that conversation. I was like, "That don't push things. Just keep it to yourself." But you couldn't let that. You can let go. You fucked my you fucked my wife. You fucked my wife. You fucked my wife. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> you fucked my wife. Um. And, uh, like, Ben's just like, I wanted to do the right thing. You know, I wanted to... I just wanted to... I I, I just wanted to be... And then, out of nowhere, blast from the fucking past, um, Ben's wife Sylvia shows up. Like, Sylvia's not been in this since, like, the second or third episode of season one.
1: Yeah, I I thought she was a a home invader when she showed up in the scene.
0: She's like hi, remember me? Because David Lynch is like, everyone needs to have a scene here, even if it's like for two seconds. Uh, And you know, Ben's like, Sylvia, why are you here? (laughs) I forgot. I had a wife. You know, that time I had that mental breakdown, and everyone, including Bobby, who was a complete stranger, was looking after me, and my wife wasn't there. That is kind of weird that you would show up now, at the end.
1: Yeah, at the end of all things.
0: (laughs) Um... And so the basically, you know, Ben's like, I want to do the right thing and all the rest and the doc this is fucking brilliant and weirdly dark and tall, David Lynch. The doc <laughs> loses it. He kind of punches like Ben, Ben falls over, hits his head off the, the fireplace, which knocks him unconscious, and he's got this big like gash on his forehead and then the dog <laughs> drops to his knees, clenched fist and basically goes No like there and everyone's like staring at him, going, "What is he yeah. doing?" And Donna's Cut crying,
1: Donna screaming too, and yep. like it's it's like the scene goes from low interest melodrama to, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen!" Like everybody suddenly cranks it to eleven in this scene.
0: It's that that thing that David Lynch does really well about that you know the picturesque family the you know the the, the parents the, the kids and all the rest but there's that volatility behind the behind the door and that like all these characters even though they're they're well-to-do and respected members of the community there's something dark there as well um, and he just gives you that dark and it's uh, darkness and the the after effect is just this really weird surreal scene of people just screaming out loud as Ben lies bleeding from his head. You, one imagines either concussed or knocked out altogether. Um, and then, yeah, we leave that scene. We're not going to see those people ever again. Uh, what we are going to see is Andrew Packard, though, uh, who is being a sneaky sneak ball.
1: Yeah, he uh, has a duplicate, not a duplicate, he's got another safety deposit box key. And so he's going to swap one key with the other and, you know, go open up the safety deposit box. Uh, using the key in the multiple boxes. Um, And Pete Martell strolls in as his super sneaky switcheroo is taking place. And it's like, you know, what are you up to, Andrew? (laughs) And Andrew's like, well, nothing at all. I am American. Um, (laughs) And... Just kind of fucks off to bed Which yeah, but- <laughs> I, I mean it's setting up the Later scene but
0: Yeah it sets um, up a really weird scene later on uh, That puts a lot of our characters in peril um, Which I and- love
1: They're, Oh my god we'll get to it But I have found The Name I use anytime I have to Create a name for a video game Ever again uh, Within this episode um I had totally I forgotten to about anyway. It. So um so yeah, all that stuff happens. And now let's get to the good shit because we're rolling up into the woods with Agent Cooper and Sheriff Truman. And um Agent Cooper leads them to uh essentially the Glass Grove where we saw um one Wyndham Earl and Annie. Um, yeah, do was there also his girlfriend and uh the person with whom he has recently done it. Uh see last episode for that hot action. Mm, and uh, tasty, saucy, and delicious. So Sheriff Truvet is following along until a certain point when Agent Cooper is like, I gotta I the rest of this I gotta go alone. Uh because I'm I'm super sleuth. Agent Cooper. I'm the mystical one. I have to go into the Black Lodge solo. And
0: yeah, I mean, Truman follows him, but keeps his distance.
1: Yeah, yeah. he like He's not going to let him go totally alone, because Sheriff Truman, I think, has great affection for Agent Cooper. And uh, no matter how much Agent Cooper may want to do this by himself, uh, Sheriff Truman ain't sitting it out either.
0: No. No, definitely not. Um, So Cooper walks into the Ring of Trees, uh, follows the footprints and the red curtains appear and he travels into the Black Lodge. Truman, observing this, decides he's going to wait. And be prepared for some... Be prepared for me and Bo now to go to the Dark Place. Uh, Because... There's a whole lot of weird shit going on here. The first thing we need to see is that it appears in a corridor with that very unique kind of zigzag pattern on the ground. and That kind of shining
1: uh, carpet, almost, except yeah. more angular. Zigzaggy. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and there is a the sound. The sound of kind of old-time jazz. And he follows it and opens the curtains and he comes into a room and is met by the man from another place. Yep. Um Who dances backwards, uh, obviously, and sits in a chair. Um, and the song that's been sung is about sycamore trees, because obviously that's how he entered. Um, but this man finishes his song and then just disappears. A lot of things like that happen in the Black Lodge. You know, when someone's finished doing something, or when someone's finished doing their sentence, are for you know visual purposes they just disappear
1: yeah 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 that that spirit is no longer needed duncan um so uh and that's kind of where we leave it for a minute uh in terms of our time in the in the black lodge um we we it is an insanely tantalizing tease of what is to come
0: yes yes Uh,
1: so yeah Uh. Uh. duncan
0: is leo Leo stein in here
1: (laughs) shit Uh, is about to get
0: weird yeah it's Uh, gonna be off the motherfucking chain yo
1: okay all right uh enough teasing though this show does enough of it uh not our podcast but twin peaks and also our podcast this show does it um, Sheriff Truman and uh, is you know still on a stakeout outside the Black Lodge uh, when we cut away. Um, Deputy Andy is uh, is rolling up with him and is like, you know, where'd Agent Cooper go? And uh, he's like, I don't fucking know, man. Like th- th- things are getting out of hand up here in Glastonbury Grove. Uh, and then we do a, a transition from night mm-hmm. to day, and we understand at that point that it has been, uh, what, about five hours? Ten. Oh, ten, ten hours, hours I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, ten hours he's been in the other place.
1: And I really like this scene. Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the...
0: It's what I love about the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Office. It's what I love about Twin Peaks, is the, the fact that you can have this real concern for your friends but th- that idea of food being a comfort um and just this camaraderie between these two people uh, that you imagine that it worth their job which they do the only thing that andy and truman will ever have in common is food
1: yeah yeah but it it like you said it, it is both comfort and and there's something bonding about it too of uh like let me let me bring you something to eat. Let me take care of you a little bit. Um and anyway, but it it's kind of a fun scene where it's uh uh Deputy Andy just asking what his order to go get him some food and it goes on for far too long and all that stuff, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, and also Sheriff Truman never once looks away from the grove. Um he is he is focused, laser focused, Duncan. Um, He
0: is. He's a laser pointer right on it, And with that, we're going to leave that scene and we're going to go to Twin Peaks Savings and Loan Bank. That's right. Giant bank in Twin Peaks. Airport. Giant bank. Lots of other things. And here was us just thinking it was just like Ass Street with some shops on them and that was about it. No, no, no. Giant bank. And this is a huge bank because the safe in the middle of it is fucking massive. Um, And
1: Audrey comes in. Yep, she um, uh she interacts with the guy who has spawned my gamer name, Del Mibble. <laughs> <laughs> who who uh shout out, you know, and also spoilers, we'll get back to you uh in firewalk with me. Uh, yeah but uh yeah, Del Mibble is the loan officer in this bank staffed entirely by decrepit mummies. Uh, that have somehow remained animated. And so Audrey Horn is trying to draw attention to this bank and the the Ghostwood uh, uh, Estates loan that goes through the bank and there's some shady shit and stuff like that. And so if, like, if she draws attention to it, the newspapers, and she directs Del Mibble, uh, who, by the way, if you ever see Del Mibble online... Uh, don't shoot me. Um, uh, is she's telling him like you need to go call uh like the newspaper and you know if you want to call the police, call the police, whatever you need to do, um, and let them know that I'm here protesting the Ghostwood Estates thing. And so finally, it sinks through Del mibble's decrepit ancient skull what he's supposed to do. He's like, I'm gonna go call someone now, and. Yeah.
0: He doesn't really fully get a chance to do that, though, because wouldn't you know it, Bo, that the vault that Audrey's tied herself to has safety deposit boxes? And if only we knew of a character who recently found a safety deposit key.
1: Yeah, uh, because Instrol's Grabassers and Chiefs... uh, Chiefs. um, The greatest
0: name for a company ever. Grabassers
1: and Chiefs. Yep. Um... Yeah, it's Andrew Packard and uh, Pete Martell and Audrey Horn. Uh, Because she's chained herself to the door, they can just open the door and go into the vault. Um, uh, You know, and just kind of shuffle past Audrey. Maybe get a creepy little rub. Um, And so Del Mibble has to go hunting for the box that matches the key. But, you know, I guess age is good for something because he knows where it is mm-hmm. and the they open the safety deposit box and there is a note uh attached to a bomb that is flashing that says like uh told you i would get you andrew or something like that like do you remember the exact note uh because i don't
0: it says got you it got you andrew love Thomas. okay
1: so uh the better part of all of that is the fact that del mibble's glasses go flying into a nearby tree
0: yeah but the, the bank fucking explodes and it's not just a small explosion it's a huge explosion which we're gonna assume has killed andrew pete was right beside him so pete's potentially a goner but audrey was handcuffed to the door yeah. of the safe
1: del so, mibble audrey Pete, Andrew, maybe even the lady, uh also at the branch, but not near the blast, because you see it come out the front windows of the bank. So, yeah, they could all be dead, Duncan. Yeah, I don't
0: That's, know. That, yeah, we're not we're not going back to this. And Audrey, and we're like, what? what? Did you just kill off Audrey? Did you yeah. just kill off Audrey? And the shows like that. Yeah, moving on
1: i i'll tell you what though here's what i kind of love about this is the juxtaposition of that scene of killing off you know major characters less so andrew packard but certainly pete martell who you know is the first person we ever see on the show yeah so pete martell is coming out of the lodge and uh no <laughs> how many
0: times we're gonna do this
1: um so uh but him and and audrey obviously um, so the next scene though, it, oh, is at the double R and it, it opens of course with, uh, the major and, uh, his wife necking a little bit in a, in the booth at the double R. You know, he's he, apparently the drugs he's kicked as we call it, uh, and is no longer under the influence, um, and is celebrating by badly kissing his wife the major is a bad kisser we've talked about it on this show before it's still true (laughs) he's
0: he's a man of the he's a man of science he's a man of spirituality that doesn't necessarily translate into a french kisser
1: yeah he's just not good at it but uh, but here's the the gag that i like in this is after killing those major characters we seemingly get the introduction of a new character uh-huh. like there's way too much time spent on the introduction of this new waitress at the double r um or I, has she been in the background before or whatever but like all of a sudden she's kind of front and center it's like hey betty where you been maybe uh and she's like oh the truck broke down uh because she's <laughs> foreign for some reason and yeah uh they're like oh really were you trying to fix it or were you fixing your old man and she's like Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's just fucking weird it's one of those scenes that like we're spending way too much time on this character that we should not be we got the last episode it's the last episode you got agent cooper in the black lodge And we're dicking around with this character that we've never talked to before. And all the other characters act like she's an old pal.
0: Yeah. Like they've known her forever. This is, this lends credence to your
1: original trolling theory. Yeah. I think it is a little bit of like, you know, kill your favorite, introduce someone. No one could like genius, (laughs) David. (laughs) It's,
0: it's so so weird. But then, speaking of, like I said earlier, which is the mad rush to bring ev- almost every character that has ever been in Twin Peaks back. Uh, Jacoby comes in wearing probably the coolest suit ever, um, with a jacket that's real you know, good. Yeah, with a jacket that's kind of slung over his shoulder, a hat that doesn't match anything, and some sunglasses.
1: A jacket? Are we in full on cowl territory with this? Uh, it's yeah, I, I think don't it's think so actually. Slaves. I think you're right.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and he comes in, but he's brought Mrs. Palmer with him.
1: Yeah, because she's going cuckoo again. Like she's been unstable. Is she going, at like,
0: best. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this. I think like I think what we find, and we certainly there's more information out there, uh, which we'll come to um, in the in the week to come. Um, but she is she's like a door. She is open to the you know the the. She's she's got that almost that um, third eye sight for things from the Black Lodge. So she's there's a reason she's here, and it's because she's being used as a vessel for a message from the Black Lodge. But this is why she could see Bob um, as well, and we we know that from earlier on that she saw Bob more than once, um, and she had flashbacks to things that didn't happen either, um, and that's because she seems to be some sort of conduit. Uh, for for these messages and she sits down uh, opposite the major uh, to deliver a message and she says, I'm in the Black Lodge with Dale Cooper. Uh, I'm waiting for you, which, right, that's a wee bit creepy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And then essentially, uh, yeah, that's really, you know, once again, that's the last we're going to see of Jacoby. Now that's the last we're going to see of the major. The last we're going to see of the major's wife, and the last time we're going to see uh, Mrs. Palmer as well. In Twin Peaks. That's as kinda, and Twin Peaks—that's as kind of—and I, I may be, I may be wrong, but I think that is our last out with the <laughs> the Black Lodge scene. I don't think there's another one.
1: Yeah, the there's the Black Lodge, and then one final scene, which yeah, and so we're in it. This is yeah. It.
0: So this. Right, this is it. So basically, everything, ladies and gents, everything that you've watched in Twin Peaks, including the death and the solving of the crime of uh, Laura, Laura Palmer's murder, everything we have done now leads to this, essentially the last 20 minutes um, of this TV show. I'm just going to say, potentially the greatest 20 minutes of TV ever. I d- I don't. It's up there. I think it's up yeah. there. I don't think any... I, I've never seen anything like this in anything I've ever watched. Still, to this day, I don't think there's anything I've ever watched on TV that comes close to what we are about to discuss. Because we are in a room. It's the same room we were in earlier. um, And the coop is sitting in a chair. And sitting in a chair opposite him is uh, the man from the other place. Who tells him that they're in a waiting room. Offers him coffee. uh, And then this... it's the lines here because this is what gives me, like, this actually legitimately gave me goosebumps when I was watching it because all the stuff that's mentioned here as abstract and um, asinine as some of the, the, you know, the sentiments or some of the words are have all been paid off and all been realised. You know what I mean? Which, it makes me so happy. So, they're sitting in the waiting room and then Laura Palmer appears and um, looking exactly the way she did when we met her the first time in mm-hmm. the red room uh, back then. And, um, she says, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'll see you again in 25 years. Mm-hmm. And then vanishes, obviously, the new Twin Peaks show game. Well, it was started filming 25 years after this. Um, Mike, uh, or Mike's arm or the man from the other place says, when you see me again, it won't be me. Um, which they do kind of pay off in this episode but the greater payoff is in a new season so
1: okay uh and, and we have the pop in of the old man yeah
0: right so this was really quite interesting because like they did a reveal of this when Maddie died i think that we knew that the i th- I want to say we knew that the the kind of dotty old waiter um, was actually the giant. I think that reveal had already been made back then. I may be wrong about that. Or he was certainly point, pointing, smiling, and clicking his finger, and then the giant appeared on stage. Um,
1: yeah, that that's right. But it's never been ex- explicitly said because yeah. in this case, the giant actually says one and the same. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's
1: really good as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, oh, <laughs>
1: shivers. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, um, and then, like, Cooper gets a cup of coffee, um, which at first is solid, and then it's liquid, and then it's sludge, and Mike says, whoa, Bob, whoa, and then says the words fire work with me.
2: hmm so, Oh,
0: yes! Um, and then it just goes crazy. It goes crazy at this point. So there's an explosion of flames. Actual flames on the screen. Like a cut thing of flames, flames burning <laughs> across the side of my face, breathing mm, flames. All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and we hear this like screeching, screaming, like high pitch thing. And then strobe lights. Now, I'll tell you one thing Twin Peaks likes to use on these last two episodes is a motherfucking strobe light.
1: Yo. Like budget for strobes went through the roof. Well, they didn't have budget for anything else. Yeah, it was we all the got strobes. Curtains and strobe lights.
0: <laughs> That's like literally it. What do you want this, in this, this scene? This is how you make hey, a dream.
1: David, what do you want in this scene? You want the curtains or you want the strobe lights? Both? It must be the <laughs> finale. I,
0: I love this idea as well that David Lynch this is how great David Lynch is as a filmmaker. He is like literally you want to see something weird to the point of, you know Almost nightmare inducing. Just give me some red velvet curtains and a strobe light.
2: <laughs> yeah. It. yeah.
0: Other directors spend hours composition, you know, intricate story things, hiding things in the background, all the rest. David Lynch is like, nah, strobe light, red velvet curtains. That's all I need. And, um, by God, does he get it right? Um, so, yeah. Cooper leaves that room and goes into another room, which essentially looks exactly the same. And this is going to happen quite a lot for the remaining things. So you're going to hear us talk about Cooper basically moving up a corridor into another room and then coming back out and walking down to the room that he was probably in before, but it's not like that anymore. So he walks up, enters his first room, uh, nothing's there. Uh, So he turns around, comes back. I love this, he opens it and uh, the man from the other place is just like, Wrong way! (laughs) <laughs> so wrong way. He's him. Yeah, he's like, all right, right. So he goes back in the room again, and then there's the, the man from the other place is there again, but it, it's not him. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like another version of him because he's inherently weirder, uh, and you know, starts laughing, um, which is kind of strange. Uh, and he says, another friend. Which? What does that mean? Well,
1: we um, get well before that. We get Maddie. Oh yeah, Maddie appears. That's right. And uh, Maddie just says, "I'm Maddie," and uh, something like, uh, "Be careful of my cousin," or "Yeah, watch out for my cousin." Watch out for my cousin. And then we get uh, the crazy version of. Uh, the man from another place going, the Ganger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is unsettling, to say the least. Oh,
0: really? Uh, uh, well, let's put it that way. If that wasn't unsettling, what happens immediately after it is fucking pants-shittingly terrifying. It,
1: it, the last, I mean, we're in the last, like, 10-ish minutes, and yeah. it's... Nightmare like, fuel. It, yeah, it becomes a, a nightmare unfolding on camera. Yeah, because this horrifying. is the Black
0: Lodge, and, and the, the, most of it, funnily enough, is, and once again, big props to the the actress that plays um, Laura Palmer, because she is fucking terrifying in this finale. So she appears, but her eyes are all kind of blanked out. Or, kind like, of or cloudy,
1: like, roomy, I think is one way to describe that.
0: yeah. And she says, meanwhile, and then screams. And I'm not talking like, like, ah, like this is like full lungs, throat, ear-piercing, terrifying scream. And we, like, while she's doing that, you get this slight flash. You, know, you blink and you miss it, a Wyndham Errol's face appearing over mm-hmm. Laura. Um, which is, you know, like is like wholly terrifying uh, and scares the shit out of Cooper, who then runs from that room into another room. But as he's running at that room, he realizes that the the gunshot that he had earlier um, at the beginning of the second season has returned. Um, so he stumbles back following his blood trail, uh, kind of you know like you know to, to to retract the steps that he was on. Um, and then he walks in the room and he sees uh, a woman lying on the floor. Um, and like I, at first, I think he thinks it's Caroline. Uh, but then on closer inspection, it turns out that it's actually Annie. Uh, Annie. <laughs> almost there. I, I feel like I can see it more now. Annie. It's, it, where's Annie? She's on the floor, boss. She's on the floor. Um, but Annie's also dead. Uh, or is she dead? Uh, because lying beside there is Cooper, who is dead, shot in the stomach. Um, and then, you know, and there's a kind of crossover between Annie's face and Caroline. Um, thing you said, Wanda Merrill's wife. Uh, and this kind of changes, and then...
1: Strobelights.
0: Yeah, more well, fucking Well, strobe Annie, lights. Start,
1: Annie starts to get up. Annie. and um, <laughs> But she's doing the backwards motion which suggests that because because he's flesh agent cooper does not like he moves naturally and speaks naturally yeah and annie does not which suggests that annie is not with us anymore
0: yeah or she's not annie
1: or that is not exactly
0: annie yeah or someone has assumed the the identity of apple ganger Yeah, which is what was mentioned earlier. Uh, So Cooper goes into another room, which is identical, because all the rooms look exactly the fucking same, except sometimes they have chairs and a lamp, and sometimes they don't. Um, He walks in, and there's Annie, again, who is fine. And she says, I saw the face of the man who killed me. It was my husband. And Cooper's like, what? What? He's like, yuki annie and she's like that um who's annie and then becomes caroline um and then caroline's replaced by laura once again screaming her fucking lungs out terrifying um and then that changes and then it's wonder (laughs) merrill
1: i'm like
2: what Uh, (laughs) yeah so
1: eh? all right so to unpack this a little bit because yes, I mean, we're we're dealing with a certainly a hellish landscape here in the Black Lodge. Yep. And uh so all these rooms are, you know, the repetition of it all, the maze like nature of it all, all intended to fuck with Agent Cooper and all these visions of uh the woman he's pursuing and, and trying to save, the woman he blames himself for, uh, or, or blames the, uh, for, for whose death he blames himself. Um Merrill, his, his old partner who has gone off his nut. Like all these people that, that Agent Cooper couldn't say.
0: I take it that like Wendell Merrill has went into the lodge and because he had a better understanding of it, he's manipulating everything at this point. Yes, so he's yes. basically he is he's traumatizing, he is tormenting Cooper with the is it Annie, is a you know, is it Caroline? Eh, once he's shot, now he's not shot and all the rest. So when he's finally revealed um and we see Annie who appears to be fine but then just vanishes again, this is all this is all you know, this is Windermere like this is the last stand of Windermere, right? This is him getting his, you know, his Bond villain moment before the before the the master plan, which he's just explained to James Bond, falls apart in front of his face. And we get this great line where he just based of that, you know, if you give me your soul, eh, I'll let Annie live. And this is why I love Dale Cooper, though, because how many seconds does it take Dale Cooper to say yes?
1: 0.0. 0. It's-, <laughs> so
0: it's like straight away. He's like, yeah, fine. That's what you want. And then Windermere stabs Cooper. And this is when... This is when all this stuff we talked about being kind of weird and crazy. This is when shit gets crazy.
1: Yeah, because we get the flames again. Mm -hmm. And then we start to get images of Bob. Except he is kind of giving Windermere the business. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, just a bit. Like, has him by the head. And uh was like, oh, this one's spookier. I think <laughs> I think he might be in charge, y'all. Dale, I'm sorry. I did not expect him to be like that. Um He's aggressive, don't you think? Oh, sorry, my head's on fire now. Sorry, y'all. Yeah,
0: there's a, like a stream of flame that erupts from his head, uh, which is fucking hilarious. And, and Bob, um, like communicating directly, um, what Cooper basically says, you know, that when the can't ask for your soul, so instead I don't have Bob, that kind
1: of pool around here. It turns out <laughs> I thought it was sort of come one, come all. It's it's all. Paperwork. It's all bureaucracy <laughs> in the Black Lodge. I
0: was wrong. Oops. <laughs> <So, laughs> um, oops. And,
2: <laughs> oops.
0: <laughs> and uh, Bob basically says that you know he can't ask for a Kipper soul. So instead, Bob will just take Wyndham's soul.
1: Yeah, and, and it is—it's bizarre. Like it is just his his head shooting a jet of flame up. And then Bob, like, kind of yanks him, and then the flame goes away, and he's just sitting there with his head kind of slumped against his chest, all creepy-like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, As if his
1: soul has been yanked out of him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Your soul is mine. Um, he is shanks him. Um, and... He soul shanks him. him. (laughs) He Um... And yes, that's the end of Winder Merrill, Winder ladies and gents, uh, great villain, um, but turns out, um, all you had to do was suck out soul yeah. him. Who, his soul.
1: Know? Yeah, met his match,
0: yeah. Yeah, he, he obviously, he, he, what was it, that phrase we were using in the last episode, which I really like, flew too close to the sun. Yes. Yeah, which is essentially what he did uh, if the sun was hell uh, or the Black Lodge. Um, and then we're like, yay, Cooper saved it. Now H- Cooper has to do is find Annie and everything will be okay. But Twin Peaks ain't finished with you yet, ladies and gents, because as Cooper leaves the room to go elsewhere, we are stuck with Bob. And then behind Bob, the curtains open and Dale Cooper comes in. Except yeah. this Dale Cooper has whitened out eyes and cue the strobe lights. And the maniacal laughing. I love this scene. You have Bob doing his crazy laugh that we've seen so many times before. And we have Dale Cooper's character, Kyle McLaughlin, doing the same maniacal laugh off of each other. Um, while the strobe light just goes fucking crazy. Um, and you're now in this position where you're like, alright, I have no idea how this is going to end. I have no idea. We, we Who is this? What's happening? Um, and then
1: return of a character bo yeah we get a little uh singing leland palmer (laughs) gone is the white hair yeah he's looking good looking fit uh the black lodge has been good to him um and he has a, a great line where and he's got the kind of cloudy eyes as well um and he says i didn't kill anybody but the expression on his face is like maybe he did
0: yeah well this is the thing because like obviously and we'll, we'll get into it right at the very end about what this term doppelganger means um not the word because it's self-explanatory but um in terms of twin peaks and the black lodge but uh, yeah so he sees that and i love this it's just a total fucking creepy scene so while he's walking Away from Leland Palmer, he turns around and looks at the corridor, and he sees himself peering out the side. And you're just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Um, And of course, the we'll have to split this up into good Cooper, bad Cooper. Um, So the the good Cooper continues his journey on. Bad Cooper, well, he
1: runs, man. At a certain point, he's like, "Well, I would as well."
0: Yeah, see if, I, see if I turned around and looked up a corridor and someone that looked identical to me was staring at me, I'd fucking shit myself and I'd haul ass um, as fast as possible out there. I mean, but Especially after everything I've seen. Screaming like uh, Laura Palmer in my screaming face. Screaming
1: like a banshee.
0: Yeah, screaming like a banshee. Um, so, yeah, he, he hauls ass. But then the bad Cooper kind of nonchalantly walks his way up uh, to Leland and then the both of them look at each other and then the both of them start fucking crazy laughing. um, Because, yeah, crazy laugh. Uh,
1: You know, I mean, when you're having a good time, you're having a good time. And it's it's nice to share that with people.
0: And we then have this chase between these two uh, as they go through various different versions um, of the different rooms Uh, and then eventually... Uh, just as Cooper is reaching the end, the other Cooper managed to grab a hold of him, but we cut away from there, and we return to Truman, who's sitting on the stump, who's been waiting for, I think they work out, it's about a day or something, he's been waiting for, for, um, for Agent Cooper to reappear. Yeah, appear. it's dark
1: outside, and you would think, you know, if it was ten hours that morning, yeah, we're probably... Twenty-four hour territory.
0: Yeah, and um, Truman finds uh, Cooper unconscious and Annie like heavily bloodied up about her face, almost as if her face has been smashed into something. Which,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, kind of like what happened to Maddie. Yeah,
2: smashed.
0: Yeah, um, but the gateway to the the Black Lodge disappears, and Bo. We're safe. Wyndham Errol has been vanquished. Bob is trapped in the Black Lodge. Cooper has found his love and has returned. And they are all safe and sound. Crisis averted. Everything is coming up trumps for the coop. That's a good day's work. And I'll tell you right now, David Lynch managed to craft the perfect happy ending to a TV show ever written. Well played, David Lynch.
1: Well... You know, before uh, you take the bow there, Duncan, I think there's one more moment we need to discuss uh, here in season two of Twin Peaks uh, for Agent Cooper says he needs to brush his teeth.
0: Oh, yeah. How could I forget that? So Agent Cooper wakes up in a bed in the Great Northern Hotel in his room and he's surrounded by the dock and he's surrounded by uh, Harry S. Truman. And, yeah, the first thing he asks is,
1: How's Annie?
0: <laughs> Feels so good to see it. And they're like, Yeah, she's doing fine. She's in the hospital. She'll just be fine. Um, and then Cooper very weirdly says, uh, You know, I, I need to brush my teeth. And I'm like, All right. And then he stands up, walks around his bed, then turns around to face him again and says, I need to brush my teeth. I'm like, "Yeah, that's a good idea, Coop." Uh-huh. Brush it. go brush your,
1: go and brush your teeth. Um, it's almost like uh, uh, you're not a real person or something. <laughs> the way <laughs> it's almost the way you keep announcing things like uh, I don't know, you're from another place or something. You just yeah, don't understand if... how we do.
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost understand it's almost as if you're not human. Um hmm, That's quite isn't that? So he goes in, puts up, a moderate amount, probably not following the instruction manual uh, for for how to apply toothpaste, because you never use too much toothpaste, because it's not good for you. Um, But he puts quite a generous amount on his toothbrush. Yeah. And then proceeds to squeeze the entire tube.
1: Sometimes it feels good too, Duncan. Have you ever done that, just squeeze the tube?
0: I have never, because I believe in waste not want not.
1: You've never... (laughs) Squeezed apart, like, <laughs> tube.
0: Well, I can't believe that Billy Zane came back for the end of this episode uh,
1: and the great I'm reveal always is i watching <laughs> Sorry, sorry With, no, 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 it's a serious moment because we're squeezing toothpaste I'm just yeah, delaying
0: squeezes, it Yeah, he squeezes all this toothpaste into the sink and we're like, this is a bit weird and then what I would argue is one of the greatest endings in TV history. And I know it frustrates immensely a lot of people, but the fucking balls, Bo, right? The
1: fucking (laughs) balls on this show.
0: (laughs) The fucking balls on David Lynch and Mark Frost to be like, this is your ending. Here are my middle fingers. Fuck you. Good night, America. Uh, Right? Uh, Agent Cooper hurls his head at the mirror, smashing it. Now, we've seen sequences like this before. Think of Maddie's death. Think of the description of what until Laura Palmer. This, the, the blunt force trauma of having your head smashed off something. And it cracks the mirror. It bloodies up Agent Cooper's head. But, at this point, we are behind Cooper, and in the mirror there is nothing but... It's
1: our pal Bob.
0: Bob is there. Staring so, right
1: is... back at him.
0: So, Agent Cooper up, is actually... <laughs> he is... I told you I'd be back <laughs> to be aware now woo um, you know, he's just like ah he's like my name's Bob oh what am I doing ah I'm in the mirror ow <laughs> yeah, you know just like crazy, just, just being crazy all over the place <laughs> yeah um, and yeah so so Cooper does this he's like smashes his face off. this and the, the guys outside are like Coop Coop are you okay and oh, yes, they're running over and then he turns his head and once again I love the fact that Bob is on the other side of this and they both have them turning their head at the same time. Yeah. It's not perfect. There is a disconnect there because it's done in real life. It's not done with CGI or, or anything like that. And but I love that fact that it's not just like perfect. There's something slightly off about it. Um and he turns around with this maniacal smile on his face and he asks one simple question, but what is that question he asks?
1: How Zanny? How's zanny. How's How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? Oh! How's and then Annie? Starts maniacally laughing. It is.
0: Oh. It's terrifying. It's so fucking good. And guess what, Bo? What? That's the end of the show.
1: What? Yeah.
0: Roll credits. <laughs> what, what was?
1: What was the the line from the girlfriend? I, I watched two seasons for this?
0: Yeah, this is so right, So for for our listeners out there, the reason me and Bo started doing Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks is because long-time listener, very good friend of the show, Joseph Anthony um, suggested, you know, why don't you do the whole run of Twin Peaks? So we knew we were going to do Twin Peaks the new season. That was always something that was in the back of our head after we did um, True Detective Season 2, it was always going to go that way. And we finished Westworld, and um, at that point, we were planning on going back to our original format, which some people that are listening to this will not know, that the original format of Duncan and Bo uh, come correct, which is the name of the actual podcast, is not TV-related. We basically pick movies within a confined genre each week and give movies which the other person hasn't seen to watch, and then we choose who has had the better, you know, recommendation, or who, in fact, has come most correct. Ooh, that Uh, sounds fun. We should do that. We should do that. We should do that. We should have two seasons of that recorded. (laughs) Uh, Two fucking amazing seasons with a lot of really, really fucking good movies. Uh, But he was like that. You know, you guys could just do Twin Peaks until Twin Peaks starts back up, and then we were like, yeah, that sounds like a crazy idea. And then we were like, that actually sounds so crazy that it may be Amazing. Um, And that is ultimately what we did. But God bless Joseph. He decided that if we were going through it, he was going through it with his wife who had never seen, or girlfriend, who had never seen Twin Peaks. And she got to the end of the second season about three weeks ago and posted a a comment on our Facebook group page basically saying, "As uh, his partner had said, I went through two seasons for this. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe I read it wrong. Maybe, maybe it's about context and tone. Maybe the way it's actually supposed to be read is, I went through two seasons for this.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's how it was <laughs> I intended. Don't think, I don't think that's right. <laughs> uh, so all right, let's. It's amazing. Let's get into the doppelganger thing, because I don't, I think that as bizarre and dreamlike as some of the imagery is, I don't think it's as complicated as you might make it out. It's just weird.
0: Well, the reason I say that is because what you might think as a theory at the end of this is not inherently how it's explained later on. So I can't go into too much details, except the idea of the doppelganger is not just purely, I mean, it's kind of, you kind of know by the end of this episode that it's not just straightforward as in Bob just occupies someone.
1: Right. there, There is such a thing as a doppelganger that, and and seem to be indicated by the kind of cloudy eyes, maybe.
0: Yeah, but Twin Peaks in itself fucks with that. Right? Um, The show itself has fucked with that. The reason I say that is because Leland Palmer, right? The creepy Leland Palmer that we see inside the the Black Lodge has the cloudy eyes. So you would think he's a doppelganger. Right? Yes. But that's not the Leland Palmer who murdered his daughter. So his thing of saying, you know, I did not kill anyone, is probably factually accurate.
1: Right, Um, right, right, right
0: he's the one that should have killed people because normal Leland Palmer was being occupied by Bob which kind of fucks with that. You know what I mean? Kind of fucks with it, logically speaking. Um, We are led to believe that Good Cooper is trapped in the Black Lodge um, and his doppelganger is out there but his doppelganger that we see running past Bob isn't occupied by Bob. He's his own, like, man but we now find out that kind of if it's been explained correctly, that the doppelganger is Bob, Bob in disguise, basically, um, but, or Bob's using this spirit, doppelganger yeah. as a vessel, yeah, which is really, really, really weird. Um, and it's this idea of the you know the, the, this thing about the doppelganger, and it's not like I say that on paper it's simple to explain until you you look at the Leland thing, but then there's part of me like that. What happens if like what happens if Leland, back when he was a kid, stumbled across the Black Lodge, and that was the point he, you know, Bob took over? And that Leland that we saw in there is a Leland condemned to eternity in the Black Lodge. Which in itself is like immensely terrifying, and he's went insane for the time he's been in there. Uh, Laura Palmer is also trapped in there. like We've seen her, but both versions of Laura Palmer, the, the version of her as a doppelganger, um, and a version of her as like herself are, are both trapped in the lodge um the the two versions of the man from the other place are in the lodge um so you know what i mean it's it's i don't think i think on like in principle it is probably quite easy to explain until you start thinking about it more um and maybe twin Peaks isn't the show to do that on but i kind of feel like it it kind of raises those questions that you kind of have to ask those questions. Um, other things it mentions, which I love, with obviously I said uh, there's a, you know, I'll see you in 25 years, and then the fact that they actually did that. Um, what the man for the other place said, you know, when you see me again, I won't be the same, um, which pays off to an extent, um, but the what I think, and we're just being like, I do, I think this episode is damn near perfect, right? I think it's, like I said, I think it's one of the, the best finales of TV ever because the fucking balls, like we said, uh, to do something like this, knowing fine well that your show had already lost, like, what did we say, it was like three quarters of us, the viewership was dim, um... And you've, you've been tasked, Mr. David Lynch, to close out the show, which was a passion project for you, which had the world by the balls when it started. And, you know, it captured the imagination of everyone. Um, and the studio started to interfere, and they dictated the way the story was going to go. And as a result of that, people stopped paying attention. Um, so you're, in, a, in effect, David Lynch being proved right Um, And then they start fucking around with when it's going to be put on TV. And then it starts to bomb uh, because they didn't listen to David Lynch. And then they ultimately cancel it and they bring David Lynch back to finish it. And David Lynch does something which infuriates. um, I imagine the the ABC that put this out, etc. Were fucking furious at the end of this episode. Because like, that doesn't make any sense. But the part of them's like that few. It's off the telly now. Yeah, you know, it saves seems a bit of cash. Uh, gives us a free spot for someone else to put a show out. But I imagine that they were probably kind of libid. I, I imagine that there was a lot of angry letters back then, not emails. A lot of angry letters and telephone calls from people just saying that they hated this ending. And it garnered a lot of you know critical slamming essentially um, when, when it came out. But David Lynch has once again been proved right because not only does they they got that right, we'll give you right, no one's happy. Right, we'll give you a movie to tie up things. And David Lynch does exactly the same in the movie. He's like, well, nah, no, fuck you, I'll I'll do my own story, um, because people want to see that own story and that bombs. He gets booed at Cannes uh, when it plays. Um, uh, he, he becomes like a bit of a pariah for a wee while. He's obviously goes off and does amazing movies, um. But he's proved right, ultimately. Like, have faith in the man. You you let it gestate. You let it become part of the pop culture. You let it become part of the lexicon. You let people find a show which is horribly dated, but for some reason has a timeless aspect that just makes you want to watch it. You let all these things happen, and in 25 years' time, I'll return. And when I return, it's going to be like it was before, it's going to be in the cover of Rolling Stone, it's going to have everyone's imagination fired up and he did it and I can't think of any director out there that one has the balls to do that but two is proved right Uh, so much so that when the first two episodes of the new season of Twin Peaks played at Cannes he got a standing ovation vindication Bo. vindication Um, it's fucking fascinating But it's an incredible episode, regardless whether or not you think it finishes the show well or not. No TV show ever in the history of TV has done something like this. It is wholly unique, and that's incredible in itself.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I I think David Lynch is, he's like David Bowie to me, in that there are still albums from David Bowie I don't like, but probably will in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean you know where it's like you know he he's just so ahead of his time or or his style or his imagination or whatever it is that fuels these the, the surrealism of david lynch but there's something about even the surreal moments that feel somehow anchored in reality like even the stuff in the black lodge as crazy as it is and as uh sometimes apparently nonsensical as, as it all is there is still an emotional ground to it like just even a vague sense of dread that you get with those scenes uh i think i think really works like it's not it doesn't feel disconnected in in a way and um i yeah i think david lynch is just he's an amazing director he has a vision unlike any other directors i'm not saying it's the best vision but it's mm. unique to him there is no doubt uh and you can tell an episode of even twin peaks that he directs because yeah it it feels different it feels it you know like it, it it's that thing that uh as a, a creator whether it's like writing a song or whatever it is you have the uh, platonic ideal of it in your head and the you know the pain of art is failing to perfectly communicate this thing in your head to the world um and i think david lynch doesn't have that problem i think the things that are in his head make it onto screen and that's that's amazing uh so yeah i mean it, it is a real fuck you. I do think it is an incredible troll. I stand by that theory <laughs> that he was... And I think you don't have to look much past the opening shot of Firewalk with me to understand that maybe he was pissed off at television. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. Like, that's... Yeah, the, the, that that opening scene, and we will go into, and once again, the, the symbolism's is not, not difficult to decipher. No. Um, no, 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 no. You know, he, he's basically he is putting the he is he's putting the middle finger up to television. Um,
1: yeah, and yeah.
0: He, he doesn't revisit television for for a while until he tries to do Mulholland Drive, which was supposed to be for TV. He went off and started doing movies again because uh, he's had enough. He just didn't want involved with that politics, and it's that creative control aspect. You know, as a filmmaker, he has pretty much full creative control um, at that point in his career to do what he wants. Um, but with TV, you're you're dealing with, you know, these these people that he doesn't have to deal with on a daily basis that are basically saying, "No, you need to, your story needs that this, this Laura Palmer thing needs to be resolved in the next two weeks." And you know, his intention probably. I still put I, I still put it down to that that you could have been on a season three of Twin Peaks before that was solved. Um, I think he probably would have done that. I don't think there was any any interest for him to solve it as quick. And as a result, the story is affected detrimentally after that. Um, do you want to hear a little bit of trivia before we kind of some some things? On?
1: I always want to hear trivia, Duncan. You know that about but- me.
0: Yeah, so according to according to the website I'm looking at, says, Although the script is credited as written by Mark Frost, he, H- Harley Payton, and Robert Engels, David Lynch is the uncredited co-writer of the season finale. In fact, he took almost everything that was written for the Black Lodge, Black Lodge sequences and completely rewrote them from scratch. The original sequences in the Black Lodge are almost totally different from the first script. In the original script, the Black Lodge is an alternative version of the Great Northern and not the Red Room. Wyndham Earl has a lot more dialogue. There is no backwards talking. Laura Palmer appears only for an instant and does not speak. The Black Lodge singer, the little man from another place, the giant and the old room service waiter, Maddie Ferguson and Leland Palmer do not appear at all. Wyndham L's ultimate fate is also different. He holds up, uh, so he ends up shackled to the dentist chair with Bob as his torturer. The idea of Coop being possessed by Bob at the very end was Harley Payton's idea and was meant to set up a cliffhanger for the third season. So there you go. Um, Completely different. Uh, The mysterious Black Lodge singer who sings uh, the haunting song Sycamore's Tree, which was
1: written by Lynch. There you go. I did not know Not that. surprising, but okay.
0: When you listen to it, it makes total sense. Uh, Is actually Jimmy Scott, jazz vocalist, uh, famous for his unusually high contralto voice. There we go. Uh, although Audrey appears to die in the bank explosion cliffhanger, uh, had there been a third season, it was going to be revealed that she had lived. Uh, there was even talk of developing a spin-off series for Audrey Horne probably since her relationship with Cooper had been killed off by Kyle McLaughlin. That series would have featured a wide-eyed Audrey heading off to Hollywood to become an actress, and she would have got swallowed up in the world of noir-style intrigue. Or maybe, as like we like to call that, bow, uh, malt Drive. Um, <laughs> yes. So, which is essentially what it says here. The show was eventually filmed as a pilot nine years later, but with a little unknown actress named Naomi Watts in the part meant for Audrey. The pilot series was named Mulholland Drive, wasn't picked up by ABC, as the suits at the network thought it was too weird. <laughs> a French company fronted the money to give a new pilot a new ending some two years later, and the movie that resulted ended up being one of David Lynch's most lauded films, who received an Oscar nomination for it, and started as a that all started from the potential spin-off for the *Audrey* and *Twin Peaks*. Uh, although many of the former cast members returned for the season finale, missing for some reason is Piper Laurie as Catherine Martell, as well as James Marshall and Joan Chen, who had left the season earlier. However, Joan Chen did film scenes for the Black Lodge sequences for the final episodes, but they were cut for time. Although the filming—sorry, oh, although by the time of filming. On the final episode, the writing was on the wall that the show would end. Lynch and Frost were recommended by certain execs at ABC to throw as many cliffhangers into the finale as a way of getting the top brass to renew the season, which was a strategy <laughs> in season one. It obviously didn't work this time. So there you go.
1: All right, well.
0: I did not know Mulholland Drive started off as a spin off for Audrey Horn.
1: That's pretty great. I'm, uh, the that show would we would amazing. have watched. Yeah, yeah, we would have
0: watched that in a second in a heartbeat. Although, you might, like, poor Audrey Horne, right? Goes through all that shit in Twin Peaks, finally makes her way to Hollywood, and then finds that she's in some weird causality loop um, in a lesbian relationship with someone who's not who they say they are. In fact, you're not who you say you are.
1: Mul- nobody <laughs> Nobody is what they say they are, Duncan. Not in the world of Twin Peaks where we've got the the doppelgangers uh yeah. we got oh yeah just we, we we got problems but so moving forward duncan yes this isn't the end this no, is because- just the end of the beginning
0: yeah this is the end of the beginning so this this what we've discussed took place in in the small space of uh, a year and 4 months um from 1990 to 1991 finished in June 1991 Um, but that's just the beginning of the story because some two years later uh, David Lynch returns with a feature length movie which was hinted as being a bit of a prequel uh, and a bit of a sequel um, called Fire Walk With Me which is famously heavily cut Um, the movie's heavily heavily cut it's funny you mentioned David Bowie earlier on As being like an intro, David Bowie makes an appearance. Um,
1: He does indeed.
0: Why not? Um, As one of the coolest characters in the history of TV, hands down, uh, even though it's a movie. Uh, So yeah, we have that. There is. Do you want to do the the missing scenes as well?
1: Yeah, I feel like we oughta. I mean, let's let's. Yeah,
0: missing pieces. I think it's called. So we have the missing pieces aspect. Firewalk with me, and we're doing two books. That have been released. Now there's been tons of books released in the interim, but the two main ones worth checking out are, and you have you've essentially two weeks to do this, ladies and gents. Um, is the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, which is actually written by Jennifer Lynch, David Lynch's daughter. Um, and if you get an opportunity, you should try and track down that audiobook because the actress that plays uh, Laura Palmer actually narrates it. Let That's
1: me uh, it. let me tell you a little story about that, Duncan Ooh, so i picked it up on kindle mm-hmm. uh and when you open it up on kindle it immediately says like hey touch this button and for three bucks more cheryl lee reads it to you
0: oh you did that of and of
1: did. course i did how how do you not and so uh now i've there are times i just go to bed feeling dirty
0: it's really fucking good as well she reads it like I think she's a great access anyway, but um, she really kind of captures that. She captures the role again, which I love. Um, and then the other book is the one that came out uh, just after the announcement that Twin Peaks was coming back, uh, which is The Secret World of Twin Peaks, which is essentially a collection of case files um, spanned over different periods of time. Uh, um, covering the investigation of the FBI into Twin Peaks and just various bits of box, uh, Operation Blue Book, or Blue Box, I can't remember what it's called. Um, all, all that stuff is in there. So, uh, and both of them are surprisingly quick reads. Um, you, you'll get through them pretty quick. If you, if you decide that you want to, after to listening to this, go and check them out. You will, even if you're not pushing yourself, you'll get through both of those books before. For me and Bo talk about them and they are kind of required reading if you want to get the most out of the new season of Twin Peaks because there's a lot of references to Firewalk with me and hints to things from the novel so and then we have a whole new season (laughs) as if if that wasn't enough so much content man honestly
1: I know I know and uh we're doing it all for you ladies and gentlemen um (laughs) Unlike Huey Lewis who does it all for his baby and that's just selfish.
0: Selfish motherfucker. Huey hang your head in shame.
1: I know. Uh so I like to chastise at least one of the news every night. Um <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. So uh folks, um yeah, so like uh we were talking about we're gonna have a week off. Uh, take some time, read the books uh listen to the tapes do some investigating of your own if you hear of a uh murder in your hometown maybe snoop into it a little um no don't Mm -hmm. do that that sounds dangerous uh please don't do that um unless it's cool wore blue velvet oh if you find all right listen listeners (laughs)
0: You find a fucking ear.
1: Yeah, you find an ear. You call me, and I fly to where you are, and we go on that adventure together.
0: <laughs> Only if Laura Dern's there.
1: Ain't gonna matter, man. Some, <laughs> something gnarly's gonna go down, and I want to be part of it.
0: Uh, so, so, like, see before, like, see before we, we, we ultimately wrap this out. Like, we've we've touched on this several times, and I think this is the appropriate time to talk about because obviously there there was a sizable period of time 25 years between seasons C- can we touch on the legacy
1: oh of course we can
0: yeah the legacy of twin peaks because twin peaks ultimately turned out for for the most part it, it's seen as like an experiment that failed right because viewer viewer ratings dropped huge huge numbers, 30-odd million started watching it by the season finale, I think 10 million watched it, which, if you imagine, 10 million by today's standards, if any show gets 10 million, that's a fucking success. But back then, with the few stations that were on, the little choice you had, um, it, it was, a it, you know, it's not a lot of viewers at all. Um, and the the idea of an tour filmmaker coming across and bringing a story that they are writing and they are crafting with someone and bringing it to the TV was seen as a failure. I mean, that that's ultimately why he couldn't get his Mulholland Drive TV show off the ground. That's why he went back to doing kind of really abstract pieces of work, like um, uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, you know, he goes off and does all those things. But, you know, it, it really wasn't that long. For the impact to hit, and the X Files came out within two years of Twin Peaks finishing, and went on for how many seasons? Like nine or ten, I think.
1: Yeah, too long, certainly. Yeah, far
0: too long. Yeah, far too <laughs> long. Uh, it was 20, 22 or twenty-four episodes per season for nine seasons, and then we got that return of X Files uh, last year.
1: Yeah. So and, you know, and, and more on the way.
0: And more on the way, uh, but I mean, it's not you don't have to stretch that far to see it's impact on what we now consider as like some of the greats in TV. I mean, the, the Sopranos, definitely the dream stuff in the Sopranos is is almost handpicked from, from Twin Peaks. Uh, we've mentioned it before. When you look at something like Breaking Bad, definitely has elements. Once again, dream stuff tends to be the dream stuff really. And um, that comes up, but like Breaking Bad is influenced. Uh, and
1: also the more cinematic style of, of, particularly the pilot. I mean, you know, it's a film director doing television yeah, and, and it looks a little more cinematic than the old, like, you know, Falcon crests and, and that sort of thing uh, did. And, um, and, and, you know, I think the point you made about it's an auteur bringing their voice. Yeah. And, and having a unique vision. And it's like, this is weird, but it's uniquely weird. And yeah,
0: the- and I mean, to me, the first show I ever saw Bo, where I was like that, this kind of captures the vibe, captures the feeling of Twin Peaks is Six Feet Under. And I yeah. loved Six Feet Under. I was such a fan of that TV show. I fucking loved it. I thought, even right up to the very end, I thought it was, a, and I know some people got a bit sniffy in the final season. Um, oh, that up, last
1: it, episode. Talk about a show that ends well. That last yeah, episode's it, great.
0: Even that ending of of Twin Peaks, uh, so even that ending of Six Feet Under is a kind of Twin Peaksy ending.
1: Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah,
0: it, it really is. And uh, uh, Twin Peaks afforded people the opportunity to start doing things differently, to start bringing you know very unique visions, different ways of telling stories. You know, storytelling from the point that Twin Peaks goes off the air is completely different. TV, people start taking risks they start actually writing a lot more smarter, they start writing things that would be developed for movies into TV formats Um, and the paradigm completely changes and it doesn't like X-Files obviously happens overnight and then you've got things like Millennium and stuff, but the the effects can even be seen in something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer Um, you know any of the weird kind (laughs) of, the the weird TV that we got which was either kind of Teen-based and a, a more macabre setting, or you know, the, the, the more kind of adult aimed HBO shows of the time. Um, and it carries right through, and for I think it's the testament to it that at the time it was seen as you know, as failed experiment, but it's a failed experiment that ultimately generated a huge amount of interest. It influenced so much, like a lot of David Lynch's work, but has ultimately spurred 18 hours of a brand new season where Showtime basically wrote a blank check to David Lynch and Mark Frost and said, Go and make an 18 hour movie which is what they've done. And that's because Twin Peaks is more popular now than it has ever been. It's more popular. I, I guarantee it's more popular than the 31 million that watched it on that first night. Um it's huge, it's huge, it's everywhere. It's, it's become part of the the, the zeitgeist the, the the consciousness the the lexicon all these things are in there now it fucking appeared in the simpsons you know what i mean when you've right that's how you know you've arrived in pop culture when the simpsons do a parody of it um so it's has been it's been everywhere and i think it's i, I just think I, I think it's so fascinating that you know, at the time, people were just like, "Well, that was a bad idea." Yeah. <laughs> like so someone, someone gets Steve in here. Steve, you know, remember Steve, the guy that greenlit this show. Go on, Steve. Right. you're fired. Um, it's so so weird that time is the time is the great equalizer with a lot of things. Um, that, that saying, "Time will out," time will out, uh, is the most apt thing that could be said about a show like Twin Peaks. Is that don't judge, don't judge us on what we do in the moment, judges how it's perceived in time. Um, And the show, like I said, has transcended into this timeless entity, even though it is horribly aged Um, in bits, like Joan Chen becoming a bit of furniture.
1: Mr.
2: Tajimura.
0: (laughs) Oh, fuck, Mr. Tajimura. Um, The sequences with the L's. A lot of Wyndham Merrill actually, is, like, pantomime within an inch of his life. You couldn't get away with that sort of shit now. Um, All these things, or even down to Maddie's vicious attack, are are just things you would... You know, just, they date it horribly. Um, But time has... Time has proved kind to David Lynch. I mean... I th- he honestly has that ability. I, I, that's why I, like, I, sometimes people are like, his movies are too weird, you know, and I'm like, I can't disagree with that. He makes weird movies. But say what you want about the man, he is wholly unique. The, the fact that people refer to things as Lynchian, as a description, justifies that point of view. It's wholly unique. He's a, a voice which is unlike anything else which has influenced everyone any filmmaker worth their salt should put down as an influence David Lynch. And if they don't, I would question what, what kind of movies they want to make or what kind of stories they want to tell. I think it's
1: Yeah. And phenomenal. you can't the, you can't level the accusation at David Lynch that he's just weird because that's all he can do mm. because you look at something like the elephant man, yep. which is as, down the middle of movie and i i I don't mean that in terms of quality but in terms of like this is a very traditional narrative with strong actors giving good performances and a well written and well directed film and i love the elephant man but
0: it's a phenomenal movie that's why you love it
1: yeah it's fantastic but it's not surreal the way that you know mulholland drive is and so it's point being it he's choosing to do movies that are gonna turn some people off like he's okay with that um he probably would think to himself that uh, people should get it more but uh um yeah he's he is a unique voice and the fact that you know we have an episode of television like the final episode of Twin Peaks yeah is uh, out, I mean it's unbelievable the stuff that you see like that scene of Cheryl Lee uh, like screaming and climbing backwards off the couch Yeah, just to circle it and walk towards the camera and keep screaming is for some reason horrifying and yeah. and that's what lich taps into is he he has this direct line to the subconscious that's outstanding you know um anyway uh any further final thoughts uh out of you there duncan um the
0: highly underrated uh david lynch movie which is not civil at all which kind of backs up your point the street story i really like that movie
1: yeah yeah sure that's a great and movie
0: down the middle as, you know, it's, it's conventional as fuck, um, which is my quote on the side of the DVD box. Uh, conventional as fuck, Duncan McLeish. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think um, as we, we close this chapter, <laughs> um, I just want to say how much fun it's been doing the original run. I think it's been so much fun, and I'm going to miss a lot of the, of the... Some of the nonsense we'll carry over in the next review, but I'm going to miss... This experience is really weird. Uh, I'm kind of like semi-emotional about it, just semi-emotional because I don't really get emotional. Um, but it's been a cool fucking journey, man. It really, really has. I think we, I, I would say there ain't no podcast out there ever done Twin Peaks like we have just done.
1: <laughs> I yes, I would, uh, I would absolutely agree with that. I think they would agree with that, and <laughs> uh, and and probably be prouder of it than we would like. <laughs> um but uh yeah like you said you know it, it like we're not getting all serious on you or nothing folks but um yeah i mean just as we get into the other stuff like we're gonna get into some heavy shit in mm-hmm. the next episode when we talk about firewalk with me and some of that i mean can you joke about it sure should you absolutely not especially on a yeah. podcast um <laughs> So uh and and if what i hear of uh season 3 is true not that it is uh better or worse it it does strike a darker tone which yeah. lends itself to being a little more serious with it but we'll see i can't i can't promise that there ain't going to be some goofy um in fact i can guarantee you that there will be but uh, yeah
0: if if, if we're involved with that, it's part and parcel so
1: yeah but i i mean sincerely Thank you so much uh, for making, you know, a show we've been doing for a long time uh, and not, I mean, I don't want to sound like we weren't enjoying it or nothing, but uh, <laughs> taking something that we've done uh, a long time and then have it suddenly feel like it's a brand new show.
0: Yeah, it felt like super, like doing this has felt like like a brand new thing. Um and I have been led to believe, although I've not seen the official fingers, uh, this show's doing really, really well in downloads, and it's because you guys are so animated with it. You post so much. And the interactions like the interactions we get on Facebook with the memes and just people quoting things are coming back to us to say, you know, I, I saw this advertisement that appeared on the TV, and a hot flew past, and my husband went, Caca! You know, like... That sort of shit, you, you won't have no idea how much that tickles me uh, when I read it. The fact that that sort of stuff's now expanded out, and there's 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 a this kind of subset of Twin Peaks fans that are in the Duncan and Ball Twin Peaks universe, <laughs> which is a universe you don't want to be in. Um, it's yeah, it's the amazing.
1: darkest timeline.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the fucking. It's not the Black Lodge. It's not the White Lodge. It's the fucking magenta lodge um that's where we <laughs> exist hey <Yeah.
1: laughs> hey come on in the magenta magenta hey. lodge y'all
0: <laughs> y'all uh but yeah it's, it's been has been has been really really cool and we have so much stuff to do i'm actually looking forward to our week off um because i record these quite late
2: <laughs> so uh
0: having a wee week off and a chance to Really binge that fire walk with me. The box set that I have has, like, fucking hours of features and shit like that. And that's the sort of thing that I want to spend a Saturday in my pants with a bowl of popcorn. And that's British pants, you not want... American pants.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, by which you mean toilet seat lid. Yes. Is what we call them here.
0: Yes. I mean, it means toilet seat lid, which also in the UK means extravagant walrus. Really? Yes.
1: Huh? Them wall ride get around?
0: They do get around. Um, uh, not as far as they want to, but they do get around.
1: Well, buddy, should we? Uh, should we bring her in for a landing? Yeah,
0: let's 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 bring this one home, ladies and gents. Um, this is where you want me to say, listen to the podcast under the stairs. You know where it is. <laughs> I don't need to tell you. It's on Legion. You can check it out there
1: perfect uh yeah check out legionpodcasts uh dot com um thank you thank you thank you again for listening uh and come back next week cuz there will be uh like I said a classic episode which will give you uh i think a reason to go on really <laughs> yeah. uh, the
0: nonsense is ratchet up on that one anyway
1: yeah and oh man i mean if you've never if you've never heard of winter beast before now come back you know uh stay stay for the twin peaks come back for the winter beast um mm-hmm. and uh and then beyond that you know we're gonna we're gonna jump into firewalk with me and all that stuff so uh we will see you uh in two weeks so say good night duncan
0: good night everyone
1: wow we did it Kent. we made it
2: Chugging, got my chips cashed in, keep
1: trucking, life the do the man together. More or less in line,
2: just keep trucking, no more, Arrows of me and I'm flashing my keys out on Main Street. Chicago, New York, Detroit, and it's all on the same street. A typical city involved in a typical daydream. Hang it up and see what tomorrow brings. Dallas, got a soft machine. Houston, too close to New Orleans. New York, got the ways and means. and just won't let you be.
1: Most of the cats that you meet on the street speak of true love Most of the time they're sitting and crying at home One of these days then know they gotta get
2: going Out of the door and down to the street all alone Jug in like the dude a man Once told me you got to pay your hand Sometimes worth the cards worth a dime If you don't lay a dime All right. Father, you know she isn't the
1: same Living on reds, vitamin C and cocaine All a friend can say is ain't it a shame Truckin'
2: up above the butt, low I've been thinking. we got to never slow It takes time to pick a place to go we'll Just keep trucking on, on, on. Staring out of the hotel window,
1: got a tip they're gonna kick the door in again. I'd like to get some sleep before I travel, but if you got a warrant, I guess you're
2: gonna come in. Busted down on Bourbon Street, sit up like a falling and knock down, it gets to wearing it thin. It just won't let you pee Like hanging around you like a travel. Get tired of traveling. You wanna settle down.